Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Well, some stories in the papers this morning. There really are. Thursday, the 28th of July, the lone wolf plot to blitz the United Kingdom. I mean, to be honest with you, you don't have to be an expert to work out how easy it would be to drive a car packed full of explosives into a into a main area and then just detonate it. These people, you know, straight to hell, which is good news. Perhaps they can take the rest of their sad little friends with them. The dog nappers who demanded a ransom after snatching six pedigree pets. I think I know what sort of people snatch dogs. Thieves. They also stole jewellery and all sorts of things. She said she's practically given up with uh, trying to get them back. And how much if you were abused by Jimmy Savile? About 23 grand. That's what it's worth to you. Two and a half million uh, went on the lawyer's fees. 1.8 million is left for 78 people. About 23,000 pounds. Not good. And who says I'm an insecure control freak? Could be anybody, really, isn't it? Zayn Malik. Apparently, the posh college, which has banned gamers. They don't want Pokemon Go people wandering about there. And um, buy them while you can. The only firm making video recorders is to stop. Basically, because nobody's got videos anymore. People have moved on a little bit, haven't they? And uh, talking of moving on, you wish that dreary old Grant Bovey had moved on. And nobody, not known to anybody at all, the only reason he became famous is because he married that other bore, Anthea Turner. And, uh, and because he went spectacularly bankrupt, having said... And he's going on Big Brother, apparently, to put the record straight. I'm terribly sorry, Grant, dear. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's particularly bothered about your lifestyle. Couldn't care less, Okay, Couldn't care less. The public won't like you. They're going to love Christopher Biggins, as they did last time round. And Professor Fergie. We uh, we did this some time ago on the programme, and the only reason I mention it again is because one of the papers have sort of basically said, you're having some sort of laugh, aren't you? Sarah Ferguson. I mean, God in heaven. And how did she manage to get it from this university? It turns out that her ex, old Randy Andy, Air Miles Andy, Bone Idol Andy, he's, uh, he's apparently Chancellor of the university, or he does something there, and so he sort of recommended her for it. It's really incestuous and quite disgusting. Happy birthday to Ian McCaskill. He's 78 today, so many happy returns of the day, Ian. And why do the shores of the Faroe Islands run red with blood again? Because it's the annual cull of the whales. They bring them in to shore... And uh, they all follow each other, little realising that at the end there's people with giant bloody knives and they just cut them to pieces and the ocean runs red. And they do it every single year and kids go down there and think it's fantastic and wonderful. And uh, I just see them as sort of another branch of ISIS, I'm afraid. I think it's absolutely disgusting. It really is. It's, it's just absolutely too dreadful for words. Uh, also, the Nazi troll facing jail for the vile email threats to an MP. These, uh, these sort of email trolls, they, they really are. They're the sickos of the world, aren't they? Absolutely the sickos. I think you have to sort of, you'd have to just sort of sympathise with them because they're a bit stupid. We've got one in Twickenham. I mean, she is completely round the blasted bend. I mean, she's just so sick in the head and she doesn't realise it. It's very sad indeed. Very sad. And also the slum landlord who rakes in 100000 a year. She's, uh, her, her and her husband and daughter have apparently got three houses. How they afforded those, I've got no idea. And then you suddenly realise she's got 31 migrants living in one of them. 31 migrants living in a four-bedroom house. How does that work? Answer? She's a crook. That's what she does. She just sticks them all in there and they pay the money. You know, people who probably shouldn't be here in the first place. Uh, And the healthy snacks containing as much salt as eight packets of crisps. Do you know, I never think about how much salt is on anything. Perhaps I should. I never think about it. Never crosses my mind. But when they start doing it in in the papers, I start thinking, oh, right, obviously that's sort of, that, that must be right then. We obviously have to sort of be very careful because we shouldn't take too much salt. Then they said, don't go to the gym. 
waste of time going to the gym. You might as well just, if you walk every day, that's the same as going to the gym. It's just that the gym is a bit more high impact. You know, and somebody says, so, so you don't need trainers. Apparently, the other day, Kerry Coke Toner couldn't bend down and touch her toes. And th- this upset the, uh, the, the wonderful creation that is Kerry Coke Toner. And uh, her personal trainer said, you must try harder. Oh, personal trainer? She's got a personal trainer. Do me a favour. Expect her to go spectacularly bankrupt again very shortly. She must be. She's got no job. She doesn't do anything, does she? Just sort of turns up like that blob and then sort of sits down and then goes back to doing what, what she does best. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zayn Malik still doesn't appear to have got any help for this insecurity which he's got and these panic attacks. And so he's just sort of... Go, I mean, he's had rows with everybody. A bit like Spencer Matthews. Spencer Matthews has rows with all sorts of people after yesterday's debacle where he had a breakdown in the street with his girlfriend. Well, I say his girlfriend, that's the current one. He slept with a thousand, apparently. Wouldn't have thought he had it in him, would you, really? Having seen the photos, I'm not sure he has. But uh, they've got him sort of in the papers saying he's going to sort of, you know, twist the royal family around his finger. They will distance themselves so fast. Seriously, so fast. And I am of the opinion, and I think a lot of people actually share the opinion, that once the Queen dies, the royal family will start falling apart. I think, you know, it'll become terribly diluted. It'll become, I suppose, like they are in Monaco. They'll just be there, but we'll sort of take back loads of things. And they'll end up doing, I suppose, what they want to do. And then when Charles goes, I mean, that's it. You can't trust it to William or Harry. I mean, Harry would just have Buckingham Palace as some giant sort of rave going on with people sort of dropping their trousers and a few of the old sherbets. The only reason he's got to toe the line at the moment is because Granny's still alive. If Granny, you know, pops her, her clogs any time soon, and I'm suggesting she probably won't, she'll go to 200, I reckon... Wouldn't it be funny if you could actually live to 200? Do you think it would ever be possible that they could they could make sort of medication that could keep you going to... Two, what would you be like at 200? It'd be like one of those dreadful horror movies, wasn't it? Night at the Museum, where things just disintegrate before your eyes. You know, one minute they're sort of upright and they're sort of fighting, and the next minute, they just turn to dust. And at 200, I mean, I've seen people of 110... They don't look the healthiest, it has to be said. And, uh, and they must be... I mean, their skin goes like parchment... And that's, that's the worrying thing, isn't it? That the 200, can you imagine if we could in the future live to 200? We seem to be pushing it better. One time, average age of, uh, of dying was about 36, 32. Lots of women died in, in childbirth. And nobody sort of made a big deal about it. They just went, oh, well, that's the way it is. Look at us now, living into our 90s. You know, quite normal to find somebody of 100. Found a woman of 101 the other day. And that was nice. I had a lovely day yesterday. I did nothing. Well, I mean, I came in here to work. And uh, then I went home. I did nothing. It was absolutely delicious. Uh, we're, we're losing the hanging baskets. I think we're down to... Well, we will be by the end of today. We'll be down to about three, I think. Uh, the others have kindly sort of gone on to see their maker. So this morning, I didn't bother the, the, the one... I should have done, because I felt a bit guilty. I didn't water the ones that I knew were going to be going today, because I thought the lighter they are, the better, and easier to get them down into the bins. And, um, and I looked and I said, I'm really sorry that you're going to die. It's a simple... I know, I felt guilty about it. But it's it's definitely... The, the weather is definitely changing. I've got a long sleeve shirt on today. And I don't really wear long sleeve shirts. I sort of put them on every so often. Uh, mainly because it's the, kind of the first thing you kind of grab, don't you? When you, see, you open the wardrobe and you go, oh, I'll take that one out. Sometimes you put it on, you go, I think I must have put on weight since I climbed into bed last night. I don't know how this can be, but sometimes it works like that. So uh, and then I was going to get the car washed and I didn't get the car washed because it rained a bit yesterday. And uh, And I think today the forecast... Is, is rain again. I think it's going to be a little bit heavier today. And uh, the Alton Towers crash girl. I'm not milking it for the publicity, she said. Which, of course, is this is after she did a photo shoot in her underwear. 
and and everybody, including me, was going, oh, give it a rest, dear, please. Stop showing off. OK, you've lost your legs. Sorry, one leg. We quite understand this, but, you know, enough is enough. You know, if you want to get a proper job, go and get a proper job. But, you know, parading around in your underwear, it's making you look incredibly sad. So she's now hit back at all the trolls who've been saying you're just an attention seeker. And uh, and she is. She's an attention... I wouldn't mind. Her, her name is uh, Vicky Balsh. Vicky Balsh. And she's denied milking it. What do you call this, dear? It looks tacky. Also, the funny thing is, when you see her, really, she doesn't look at all like this. This is this is over made up and airbrushed and all the rest of it. And she says, oh, I'm doing it because it, it makes me feel sexy. Who gives a stuff? Who gives a stuff? I don't get dressed in the morning thinking, am I sexy now? And then you look at a picture of what she really looks like. She doesn't look at all like those pictures. She's been made over made up to look like a bit of an old brass. And she said, uh, I've never felt sexy. It's about self-esteem. A lot of old codswallop, honestly. It really is. I mean, how many more times? We've seen the interviews. We've seen the pictures. OK, give it a rest. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Go away. You know, you're going to get a prosthetic leg. It's going to be fantastic. It's great. You know, I'd rather see soldiers posing in their underwear than see you again, you know, for about the umpteenth time. She said, I'm not milking it. Ha ha. I'm speaking out and showing absolutely anybody has the power of her. Yes, but we know that, dear. Don't patronise us, please. We don't need patronising it. You know, she, she says, what I'm trying to do is show that every person is perfect in their own way. Ah, oh, sod off. Why do people patronise us? Why are we made to feel so awful about ourselves? And so she turned up on this morning again, again. It's like so boring. Here she is again. Oh, again, again. Thank you. She says, I might get some nasty comments, but I'm damn proud of what I've achieved. What, taking your kit off? Is that an achievement nowadays? Good God, I do that every night, dear. Every night I actually manage to go in. I manage to actually take my shirt off and my jeans and uh, and I'm really proud of what I've achieved. I'm re- really sort of... What do you mean? What, because you're posing in your underwear. Because somebody said to you, listen, if, if we brass you up a bit, we can sort of make you look moderately interesting. But you'll have to wear your, your, your underwear. Oh, yeah, I'll do that then. And so that's what it is. It's so lovely. She said, even helping one person is worth the grief. Well, who is that one person? Do tell me. I'm sure by now you've probably had names and addresses and things like that. But it's, it's just a bit tedious. Just a bit tedious. You know, then she gets loads of people. You always get this, don't you? You're never going to get everybody to agree. And so Pumby will say, you know, somebody here says, I think she's a positive role model. For whom? Why is she a positive role model? Surely every single person, every single person who's ever lost a limb, you know, would be a positive role model. Not her, because she's posed in her underwear. And, uh, yes, one is a regular... One is a regular caller, isn't it? It says, well done for your gutsy photo shoot. Dirty person, dirty person. It's for people to perv over. That's what it is. Which is people are going, very interesting underwear. I wonder where that came from. They're not, they're perving over it. Grief, that's why it's so wrong on so many ways. And, uh, and somebody says, she isn't, she's showing that you're not bound by a disability. What are you, stupid? Why would you be bound by a disability? God in heaven, honestly. And somebody says, wow, well done. Amazing determination. <laughs> it's just crap. It really is crap. I can't help it. But it's, but it's, but it's, it's, it's quite funny, actually. It's quite funny because you'll always find somebody who goes, oh, no, I think you're what, what you're doing. In fact, actually, why don't you just make porn? Why don't you go straight for it? Because that will really show us that you're up for it. Don't sort of pose sort of being a little bit peekaboo. That's a bit naff, isn't it? Go on, go for it properly. You're lying on your back here. I mean, surely we could find some bloke. Have you been on that? Pr- oh, I tell you, we've got that naked dating show on tell You could do that. Go on, get on there, girl. You can do it. You can be determined. You can be positive. Get all your kit off. Don't sort of start posing like that. Makes you look like some cheap old has-been from page three. And that job generally falls to Samantha Fox. 
who, of course, is going to be turning up on the uh, on the show. You see, people are perving over this picture. They're not looking at it any other way apart from perving. That's, that's what it's there for. That's why they have page three. Samantha Fox is hoping to, she says, resurrect her career. I wasn't aware she had a career. I don't actually call taking your top off and getting your boobs out a career. I don't know. Don't ask me why. Oh, she's also going on. Oh, she's been on tattoo fixes as well as Vicky. Oh, you really are milking it, aren't you, darling? Well, you get a tattoo done. She says, apparently, I love my tattoo even more. <gasps> that's so exciting. That's lovely. Was it free? Did you get it for free, dear? Did you get it for free? I bet you bloody well did. Anyway, Samantha Fox, who was a page three girl, and then she became lesbian. And now she's found, after her last girlfriend died, who was her manager, uh, it didn't take Samantha Fox very long to find somebody else at all. She's been on a few reality shows. She's going to go on uh, Big Brother. And she hopes stepping back into the public eye will seal her new happiness. And um, I don't really know, actually. Apparently, she's thinking of moving to Oslo. Bye. There you go. Solve that problem, have we? You don't have to sort of hang around for it. But uh, she's in there. She's getting on a bit now. In fact, she really is getting on a bit. They say she's signed a six-figure deal. It's amazing how many of them have signed six-figure deals when really you can get it for 20 quid. 20 quid. I don't think they should pay anybody on Big Brother. I've said it before. Why would you want to pay somebody? They say Grant Grant Bovey. And he's a bore, isn't he? Gosh, you've heard him talking. Oh, my God. Um, he, he reckons, or people have said, he's on 150,000. They won't have to pay that. These people should pay them to be on the house. They're resurrecting their, their career. Why should we have to pay them? They, they reckon as well that gangster's moll, Rene Graziano, and by God, she's not blessed with looks, uh, will apparently be the most explosive housemate in Celebrity Big Brother history. Bit disappointing, really, isn't it? Some poor old deadbeat... American comes over here to be in a house. She's got nobody. She knows nobody in there at all. But the good news is that uh, that one of the uh, the people on there, uh, Pop Babe or Aubrey Day, is ready to flash the flesh, and she's she's up for a bit of lesbian action. Apparently, I mean, this is a selling point. Seriously, I can't believe I even said that. She's up for a bit of lesbian action. I mean, I tell you, phew, I mean, that, that's gonna it's gonna rock the house, isn't it? <sighs> Deadbeat. Honestly, we've had gay action, lesbian action transgender sort of action. We had uh, Nadia, the Portuguese, who went on there. Then we had uh, somebody who, from the moment she stepped into the house, I thought, that's a woman. And then she was masquerading as a man because she was trans. And then she came out and told everyone, they can't keep it quiet for two days. Actually, I used to be a woman. I went, no kidding, really. I never Didn't see that one coming, as they say. Uh, so mob rule. What's she going to do? Take out contracts on the other housemates. Mob rule. Have you seen the mob? Housewives of, of Mobsville. God, dreadful. And, of course, we do remember, going back to Samantha Fox, what a marvellous presenter she is when she did those Brit Awards with, uh, with Mick Fleetwood. He was about seven foot eight and she was about two foot nothing. And they couldn't present. For t- it was a car crash. They, it, it's on YouTube. Just type in Brit Awards, Samantha Fox, Mick Fleetwood. In fact, just type in Brit Awards disaster and you'll get them. I think it's the first one that comes up. And uh, they were just dreadful. They didn't know what was going on. She was obviously sort of she was obviously just doing her early lesbianism because she's sort of wearing a fairly butch outfit because it came as a huge shock to everybody to discover that, in fact, she was gay. Whether or not she'd had affairs with other people, it's like when Ollie Locke came out the other day. Well, I tell you, you could have knocked me off my perch in the cage. Ollie Locke comes out and says, I'm gay. I've been out with all these women, but now I'm gay. Well, I'd never have seen that one, would you? God, dear me, honestly, can't believe it. It gets more interesting by the day. I tell you, there are more people coming out than, in fact, going in at the moment. It's obviously that sort of thing. And um, Carla says, people in the Paralympics 
are more like role models than that upstart. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. Soldiers who've lost their limbs. I mean, she's really set it all back about 300 years. That's the best she could come up with. You know, and so she's she's loving the publicity. But I suggest now we should we should leave her to get on with her life. It's so much easier. Eight four eight five O Steve at LBC dot co dot UK. Summit Kerry has a personal trainer. Christmas video, by the way. Oh, I hope not. Who's, you never want to look like her. You never want to look like Kerry Coke Tony. You really don't. Oh, and uh, good. I'm sorry. Somebody else has come out as well. Um, this time she's admitting uh, Hollywood actress Kristen Stewart has confirmed she is dating her PA called Alicia Cargyle. Oh, that's I was so worried she might have found happiness in the arms of a man. But no, she's found it in her PA. So there you go. So at least we set that record straight. Oh, there's a picture of David Beckham. No, he's not come out, and there's no, no reason for him being in the paper. Oh, I'm very late. He's, um, he, he's just trying to buy some sushi. You can't really see David Beckham eating sushi. You wouldn't imagine he knows what it is. It's fish. I like fish. Do you like fish? It's really nice fish. Very good for me. I know, it's very good for you, isn't it? Do you like it? Do you think all the family eat it? No, they don't like the smell. I know. So, do you think you'll be eating more of it? I don't think so. Victoria didn't want to kiss me afterwards. Oh, right, you're still kissing? Not, not really, no. OK. Tried to borrow more money. Did she? She took more money. How much? Don't like to say. What are you going to eat now? Quite fancy a Byron burger, but there's nobody working in there anymore. All right, OK. Well, we'll leave it there, Dave. All right, you, you get on with your life. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 23 minutes past uh, four. And it's uh, Thursday, the 28th of July. Apparently, avoid the French roads on Saturday. It's called Black Saturday. Um, I don't know why. The French police have issued a major travel alert telling drivers to stay off the road. Um, I can't remember why, actually. I think motorways are expected to come to a standstill. The problem is due to the... Uh, is it Chasse-Croix, which is a crossover weekend when holidaymakers from Northern Europe begin their journeys home through France. So you get that sort of colliding and there's loads of... Because sometimes you, you, you get caught up in traffic on the motorway. And, and you think, oh, God, bloody traffic. It really annoys me. And uh, I'm, I'm quite calm. And so you sort of, and you, and then you sort of pootling an inch here, inch at two feet, and you go, oh, bit of excitement, nearly move down a gear, up a gear, down a gear, oh, break again. And so here we go. And then, and you get to wait, and all of a sudden the traffic's running. You think, well, what was the hold up? And the answer is there was no hold up. It's just the way that the traffic sort of buffers. And in France, you have Black Saturday. That's what it's called. Could be, I suppose, black because they see it as, you know, it's it's a problem, and it's the same time every year. It's it's good. It's quite good, that, isn't it, really? I'm, I'm quite impressed by the fact that the French can get things like that right and other things so very wrong, so very wrong. Uh, my shame over Sir Philip Greed. This is his sister. I'm not going to tell people that he's my brother. I know that they're, they're now likening him to Captain Bob Maxwell, who was the one who thieved from his uh, pension fund uh, to the tune of whatever. And then, of course, didn't he fall over the side of his ship or something and drowned? He was. Uh, I remember seeing him on television. He was one of those regulars on, on television. And um, and I remember sort of watching him, and he he was sort of he was like being man of the people, but at the same time he was using the people to rob everything. And uh, but as somebody pointed out to me, if you were one of Jimmy Savile's victims, and all you got was what do we say, twenty three thousand pounds? That's it. That's what the end. The, the lawyers make the most two and a half million pounds. The lawyers make, uh, but the only money that's left is one point eight million. And uh, so that'll be divided between 78 people. Seven, I didn't even know there were 78 people, but apparently there are. And that's people who've, who've been designated, people who who will receive some money. I mean, it's, you know, it's, money doesn't compensate, does it, really? Money doesn't compensate. I'm sure that those people would rather not have had the experience than end up with 
£23,000. It just doesn't... It's, you know, if we'd only known about Jimmy Savile, and we'd known... Well, we knew, but if only we knew exactly how bad the, uh, the extent uh, to his uh, crimes were, you'd be saying, these, I mean, no amount of money would actually compensate. No amount uh, of money. And um, when Private Eye Editor, and have I got news for you, pan- panellist Ian Hislop, lost a, a very famous libel case against Robert Maxwell, he said, I've just given a fat check to a fat check. Of course, it turned out what Private Eye said was right too, but of course, Maxwell in those days, crook that he was and bent as the proverbial nine-bob note, he, uh, he had very powerful lawyers. And uh, there's all sorts of people. I could give you a list of people who you've only got to mention their name and their lawyers are writing to you immediately going, um, I believe you mentioned our client. So that's why, you know, when you mention Sarah Talentless Fergie, who's been given this this doctor by university, only because Prince Andrew's involved. And we know we don't really have much... Uh, much uh, that we can say about Prince Andrew that's repeatable, actually, on a family programme, so most of the time we don't actually bother. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. June says, my darling husband has just told me if Alton Towers girl can pop them out to inspire others, maybe I could lift my skirt hem to expose my puppies as an inspiration to other crinkly wrinklies. She says, guess who's cooking his own dinner today? Yes, I know. It's this garbage these people come up with. I'm doing it to be an inspiration. No, you're not. It's for dirty old men in raincoats to perv over you. That's what it is. Let's not make out it's something really glamorous. You know, a glamorous thing would be a gown, you know, and standing with the background of the Arc de Triomphe. You're not standing there posing on a bed with your legs apart, dear. That's just cheap trash. That's what that is. But of course, if you're not, if you don't uh, sort of know anything like that. I don't know why I'm sort of thinking that, I don't know, in the back of my mind, I was sort of thinking, is she quite classy? And I thought, well, she went to Alton Towers. People who are classy don't go to Alton Towers. It's like, you know, uh, Thorpe Park. Have you ever been? I mean, it's great fun, but it's it's not. I mean, first of all, you wouldn't find anybody from Made in Chelsea going there. They wouldn't be going, oh, OK, we're going to go like Thorpe Park today and have uh, have a burger. Well, Louise Thompson might, because she's a bit low, isn't she? she? And it's in Stains. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? Stains. Stains. I mean, just have to say the word Stains. You know, just, you know oh, so what's all that about? Stains. What is it about stains you're not understanding? And it's also, it's an old gravel pit. So, gravel pit, stains. Stains, gravel pit. Hello? I'd go there. Yes, we know you would, David, but, I mean, that's any probably for a photo shoot, isn't it? Would you do a photo shoot? He's doing a very expensive advert on the television where he tries to look butch and mean, and he's sort of... And then he realise that they can't let him open his mouth because once he opens his mouth, people just fall about laughing. I still remember that very famous interview. Do you remember it? with Parky, and uh, she was on there. And she's actually quite animated. She does all the talking. He just sort of sat there with this sort of fixed grin on his face. She's probably said to him, listen, Dave. What? Say nothing. OK. Because he, he's got... It's, it's, a, it's a very silly little voice. Very silly. Quite funny, actually. I quite like it. In a sort of a funny kind of a way. And... And... Um, one here... Uh, does your Australian producer barbecue shrimps? I've got no idea. I don't ask him things like, I couldn't really care less about him, actually. He's only here as an object of fun for me. He was put here by the management so that Steve would have somebody to take the mickey out of, and it, and it works. And um, Martine says, I've been tidying up around the house and moving things to safer places. The day Kerry Coketone is a role model, I'll eat a Byron burger. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, there's no staff. Apparently, they sort of raided all their places. It was, a, it was a management sting with the immigration people because they thought that a lot of the people who were working there had got fake papers and fake, you know, bits and pieces and all the rest of it. So they did a sting. And so they ended up with, with no staff, about 23 of them, I think. Which actually is sort of, it's not, um, 
It's not that many, is it, really, when you consider how many outlets they've actually got. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, and we shall put everything... Oh, weather for today. Weather, weather, weather. Here we go. Cloudy, crazy, sunshine. Sunshine and showers in the afternoon, but dry, warm, sunny spells this morning. So that's nice, isn't it? If you're thinking of getting your legs out this morning, get your legs out, because that's going to be the good bit. Tonight, sunshine to end the day. Do you know, I woke up, when was it, last week, about nine o'clock at night. I was amazed to find it was still light. It was still... When do the clocks go back? Have we got that to look forward to? Is that any time soon? Or f- late October? Is that, oh, I'm going to wait that long for it. God, I'm sure I can wait that long for the... Can we just do it just for fun? I'll, I'll start giving you all incorrect time checks and you start writing in and complaining and that gets me more publicity. Oh, look at the time. It gets me more publicity. My brother said, he said, he said, good Lord, he said, your, your, your profile's risen by something, something quite exceeding something. And I went, yes, yes, it has. Actually, it's been a very good year. It's been a very, very nice few weeks, actually. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Apparently, Zayn Malik... This is what makes me laugh about these sort of third-rate pop stars. OK, Zayn Malik says, I'm an insecure control freak. Let's, let's just put it in context. Zayn Malik was part of a little boysy band, OK? A little boy band who jumped up and down on stage. None of them liked each other. Uh, they grew to hate, and, uh, and then, they, then they split up. Well, not not before he'd actually disappeared off because he was he's got anxiety issues and that kind of stuff. Has he sought any medical help? No, he apparently hasn't. But then he sort of goes, uh, the reason he's actually with this model, Gigi Hadid, she's only 21, so of course that's really intelligent when you're 21, isn't it? Somebody of 21, and he says she's super intelligent. Wow. But he's considering now, get this line, he's considering following Harry Styles into filming. He said, I'd definitely be interested if I was given the right role. But darling, you can't act. You can't act. What's, I mean, you don't seriously now believe you're an actor without actually going... To, it's like going, oh, I think I'll be a rocket scientist. Uh, have you ever made a rocket? No. They do, oh, sorry. It's my phone vibrating. But they, they do come up with the biggest pile of claptrap you've ever heard. I, I think I'll be a, an, an actor if the right role comes along. What, for an insecure control freak who was in a boy band? I think that would be the role, wouldn't it, for you? Play yourself. Play yourself. What's the point? He opens up in, uh, in LUK magazine. God, he's obviously lost that sort of cutting edge, isn't he? He's in L magazine. Blimey. That's a bit worrying, isn't it? He says, when I go to Bradford, they treat me exactly the same. My entire life has changed. I only go back for a few days, otherwise they have me taking out the bins. Oh dear, I'm so sorry for you, love. God, that must be really dreadful for you at the age of, what is it, 40, 60? Oh, 23! I do beg your pardon. And, and they have you taking out the bins. God, that must be awful, really. What, sort of, like in the real world? God in heaven... Well, I've won two awards this year, Zane, and I take my own rubbish out. Perhaps I, I should really follow your advice and get somebody in to do the rubbish. God in heaven. He, c- he can only go there for a few days because they make him take the rubbish out. God, you need to get some help, mate, and quickly. You really do. Odd, isn't it, really? Right. I thought he wanted... Yeah, wasn't he the one who said he wanted to live in the real world? Like, well, Codswallop. He's obviously a liar. He, he came out of the band because he wanted to get his feet back on the ground. I can't remember exactly what the line was, but uh, that's what he wanted. To because he wanted to opt out of, of that sort of showbiz lifestyle kind of thing. And it turns out he's a liar. Got nothing at all to do with that. He was just making it up. So perhaps he's a, perhaps he's a good actor. Who knows? He's, he says he reveals why he can't have the normal life that he, that he craved. He said, uh, it worked out for about two weeks, but I got bored of it. I don't think I could ever go back to being completely normal. I guess that's something I accepted, that this is normal as it gets for me. Oh, God, never. He's 23. I mean, what? Where, who feeds him this stuff? 
Who feeds them? I mean, he's been getting loads of uh, press attention. Nothing to do with his music. Only to do with his girlfriend, who apparently is super intelligent. Mind compared to him, she probably is super... He probably thinks somebody who works in McDonald's is really A-level stuff. He thinks that she's super intelligent. She's just a model. She's a clothes horse. She's a coat hanger. That's all she is. She's a stick-thin coat hanger. And, uh, and he's sort of 23 and thinks he knows it all. But sadly, they never do, do they? That's what's that's what worrying about it. Because, you know, when it all collapses, which it appears to be doing at the moment, and he's going, oh, I think I'd like to be an actor if the right role came along. What would that be, darling? What sort of role would you go for? Superman? No, of course not. Listen, with your anxiety attacks, they wouldn't risk anything on you at all. So, OK, we're all ready to film first day. Uh, Zane Red... Anybody seen Zane? We're gone home? What do you mean he's gone home? We're filming today. There's a cast of 150 here, waiting. He's gone home. He had a panic attack. What? Oh, dear. That's why they won't risk it. Until you come back with a certificate saying that you're getting medical attention, then, you know, it's, you're going to find it very, very difficult. I'm only telling you it's an adult. Because, you know, I know how it works. Because I'm older, I'm wiser, and I'm cleverer than you are. Because I'm working every day. I don't need to prop up bars, thank you very much indeed, and come up with uh, with sort of uh, media claptrap. I don't need to come up with that. I'm just telling you the way it is. That uh, if you've still got anxiety and panic attacks and you're insecure and a control freak, they're not going to touch you with a barge pole in films. Who's it? Who thinks it's going to book you, dear? That's what? That's what? Perhaps you could be sort of one of the stormtroopers in Star Trek. Because that way we don't have to know it's you. You can just sort of wander on and off the set and it doesn't make any difference. They're not going to risk it. It was bad enough when they were filming with Judy Garland. They used to give her injections to keep her going. She was drinking and she had problems with drugs and everything else. And that to keep her going. During Easter parade, I don't think she knew which land she was on, poor soul. And that's how it worked. You, it's just, it, they, you, you, know, you cannot risk millions of pounds worth of somebody's money because you're having a bit of a meltdown. You've got to get the help for it. You've got to get the help. It's as simple as that. I, I told you that when you pulled out of the Capitol gig. I said you need to go and get... You know what the problem is. Why have you not sought medical attention? Why have you not been to see all the experts? That's what I'm expecting. I'm seriously expecting that. It's just, it's just ridiculous that you're not doing anything about it and going on about, oh, I think I'll be an actor. <laughs> what experience? We've yet to see Harry Styles. This will be hilarious, because this whole film, Dunkirk, appears to be based around Harry Styles. It's not really. It's just that he's the only one anybody's ever heard in it, I think. And so, you know, it'll, it, you watch. I bet the critics will be going... Because <laughs> if this one bombs, there's no chance of anything else. He'll have to go back to, you know, being this global superstar. Because, as I explained to you before, once these bands split up, that's it. They all disappear and they all go, yeah, we're going to do this. Mm. We're going to do that and we're going to do everything. And then it turns out they can't. So effectively, their lives are washed up at a very, very early age. Because nobody prepares them for it. They just take them in, use them. And then they sort of toss them to one side when they stop selling records. And uh, and I think Zane is at that that thing now. But, of course, because they're not motivated enough, because they don't really have the people that Psycho had. Psycho, Simon Cowell's company, had all the people there to make sure that they did it. To make sure that they actually went out there, they turned up for rehearsals, they did their thing, they learnt their song. You know, st- don't start messing around. Don't start messing around because people will drop you. There's a limit to how many times people are going to pick you up, dust you off and go, all right, let's have another try again, shall we? Because it, it just doesn't work like that. It, it really, uh, really doesn't. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Uh, Polly Hudson talking today about um, the last company currently making video recorders, which is, uh, which is interesting. I've still got a video recorder. I've got a double video recorder. 
Does anybody have any videotapes? I mean, I've got loads of tapes, but uh, they're all in cabinets and things like that. We have found the most disgusting person ever. Her name is Jennifer Lamp. She's, um, she's, she's bloated and she's a drunk. And she did something that was so disgusting. Uh, if, if you have a nervous disposition, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, you need to put your fingers in your ears because you don't want to know what happened. Jennifer Lamp had two pet snakes. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. Anyway, well, no, you probably don't, actually. Uh, she decided, after a row with her sister, to kill the six-foot-long boa constrictor and the bull python. So with a pair of scissors, she cut their heads off and she went to swallow them. I know, you, you, you can't believe this fat, bloated drunk uh, who's a sicko. Well, the police were called. She swallowed the heads to hide the evidence, but was sick, so put them in her pockets. <laughs> she really is sick. Uh, they found her covered in blood with a headless snake still moving on her neck. I mean... RSPCA prosecutor Roger Price told the magistrates two snakes owned by the defendant were killed by her and you'll hear evidence these snakes have suffered. She said she acted over fears of being made homeless. She admitted causing suffering. You are one hell of a sick woman, aren't you? You really are. She was a drunk as well. So she cut... Oh, I can't even begin to... I can't repeat it again. I mean, you probably couldn't believe it first time round, could you? That there are people like that. Where did she come from? Telford. Ugh, disgusting. Oh, there are sick people out there, aren't there? Here he is, grinning old talentless Grant Bovey. Uh, he's, he's incidentally not with the girl that he cheated on for Anthea. I'm surprised she didn't cut his little spherical objects off because uh, he's, he, they, they say he's getting £100,000 to go into the celebrity Big Brother house. Why? He's a bankrupt. You can give him 20 quid and he'll turn up. He's so desperate for publicity. He's so greasy and oily. But uh, he's angrily denied dumping his girlfriend of three years so he can be a singleton and boost his chance of winning. I love that he's angrily denied it. You're going to see a lot of hatred in Grant Bovey. Seriously, he's just not very pleasant at all. His agent he's got an agent. He's got an agent for wh what? What is his talent? Grant and Zoe didn't split because of any TV show. They split amicably. The property magnet and film producer. The failure. The failure that is Grant Bovey. He went spectacularly bankrupt. 50 million debts. Nice, isn't it, Grant, eh? Yeah, still smiling, matey. God. He jumped at the chance to enter the house. Of course he did. He's got nothing else going on. A friend said Grant sees this as an ideal opportunity to increase his profile and put right a few wrongs. Nobody gives a stuff about you, matey. Nobody really gives a forex. You really are. You know, 20 years out of date, mate. You were, a, you were past it years ago when you took up with Anthea Turner. He says... Um, uh, you have to dust yourself down and get on out. That's what she said. Dust yourself down. Unfortunately, in the case of Anthea, squeaky clean Turner, she's so bloody boring. I mean, seriously, when you fold your towels this way, I can fold towels. Yes, we know you can, Dave. I know, but this is Anthea doing it. I could go on the show. We know, dear. I know. It's not going to happen, is it? I'm going to be a footballer. Yeah, of course you are, dear. One day you might be a footballer. Lady Greed could be kicked out of Monaco. They're not happy with the way things are going. They like to protect it. They don't want people to think badly of Monaco. Because generally speaking, it's, 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 uh, it's actually quite, uh, quite good there. Um, and at the moment, they're sort of thinking that, uh, you know, because they think it gives the billionaire's playground a bad name. Well, it does. And apart from that, she's dreadfully unattractive. I mean, only attractive people go to... Have you been to Monaco? The streets, when they, when they do the Monaco Grand Prix, I mean, you can't get out to do your shopping for love nor money. It's ridiculous trying to get your little Cinquecento out because there's all these racing cars whizzing up and down. <laughs> Blurred adverts. 
blurred adverts, and they do it, and they use all the streets there, because it's all sort of built up, and the property is phenomenally expensive. Nothing to spend 50, 100 million on a flat. I mean, seriously. And they, bit the, they build them in, in the smallest places. They go up, 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 up. I looked at one the other week. When I say looked at, I'm, I'm getting ready for my lottery win on Friday. Just like I've mentioned that now. 60 million is mine. Don't bother buying a ticket. I've sorted it out with Camelot. And they've said, yes, you can win, Steve. It's your year, so you might as well win something. And, um, and, and I looked at this sort of property there, and it had three, three bedrooms, a storage bin, two parking spaces, and a rooftop pool. And they were looking for 75 million. And they get it. They get it. There are lots of elderly, wrinkly people living in Monaco uh, because that. I mean, I mean, I'm just about to add to it. Shirley Bassey lives in Monaco, but I suddenly thought better of it. But uh, it is. I mean, it's it's super rich time, super rich time. Super, sounds like a super match game, doesn't it? Super rich time, and uh, and people people love it over there. I personally couldn't live there. I don't think I'd cope with the heat at all, and. And they all don't... I don't think they, a lot of people pay tax over there. I don't, I don't think it's sort of a tax kind of paying sort of place. But, uh, but they love living there. Because if you say to somebody, you know, I, I live in Monaco, you know, and I come back with, well, I live quite near to Hounslow, you know, it's, it doesn't quite work the same way, does it? Or Staines. Staines. I tell you what I noticed the other day, actually. We have a, um, a sort of a profusion of charity shops in Twickenham. It's, uh, it's really, really quite dull, actually. I understand what, what charity is now. But uh, the Princess Alice Hospice obviously must be absolutely raking it in because they've just opened another double-fronted shop. And I keep seeing them all over the place. There used to be a lovely leather shop in Richmond. What is it now? It's a Princess Alice thing, hospice. I don't know how many hospices they've got, but uh, they must be raking in millions. And so what was a leather shop is now a charity shop. And they're all over the place. Kills the high street. Kills it stone dead. Charity shop. Little old ladies working in there. You know, people go in and thieve. I've seen people thieving from charity shops. They thieve from outside. Might as well thieve from the inside as well. Uh, right. Uh, we'll take some more of your um, texts and emails very, very shortly, and then we'll tell you why folk from Yorkshire have most true Brit. E by gum. On El Climor Bartat. On El Climor Bartat. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Folk from Yorkshire. Oh, good morning, incidentally. It's Thursday, the 28th of July. I trust you well. OK, good day yesterday. Good. I had a very good day yesterday. I had a, and I'm expecting another very good day today. Then tomorrow, an interview and then lunch with, uh, I think, it's about five of us going out for lunch, which is very nice indeed. So looking forward to that. Um, and the folk from Yorkshire have the most true Brit, apparently. Geoffrey Boycott will say he knew it all along. But a study has proved Yorkshire people are the most British in the UK. DNA tests on 2 million people worldwide have been used to trace the roots of the average Brit. And the study found we were on average 36.94% British, Anglo-Saxon, 21.59% Irish, Celtic, and 19.91% Western European, which is France and Germany. But Yorkshire people had the highest percentage of British ancestry at 41.7%. So they are the most British people, not because they think they're the most British people, but um, but because they've got the most in their in their DNA. I quite like that, actually. And they've launched a campaign to find an official emoji for Yorkshire. Uh, phone and broadband provider What's-His-Face has created five, including a flat cap to mark Yorkshire Day on... Because they do that, they sell that tea. There's other teas available, but there's only one called Yorkshire Tea. And uh, I quite like the adverts, but I can't drink the tea. It's a bit too strong for me. I mean, it's way too strong. I mean, if you're, if you're diabetic, you kind of like the girly stuff. So I go for the Earl Grey, Lady Grey breakfast tea, anything from Twinings. Because there's, there's tastes better as far as it's the one I sort of tried. I've tried everybody else's. I've tried everything, really, and none of it, none of it seems to have the same appeal. And I quite like the box. I like something to look a bit flash. 
I like a bit flash. So, uh, so Yorkshire tea and the flat cap. Why do we automatically go flat cap? You come from Yorkshire. You wear a flat cap, do you? Flat cap and whippets. Eh, by God, I tell you. Oh, Clement Bartat. Oh, no. I never knew what that song was about anyway. I just, I always remember Michael Parkinson when he was on the television with his, with his chat show. He was always fascinated with how much money people had. He seemed to have a lot of envy about people's money. And uh, Michael Parkinson, as you know, used to work for LBC. Years ago, used to uh, a show in the mornings, 10 o'clock. Well, he did, after he came back from doing his cricket. They've unfortunately, they, they sort of had underestimated the fact. They signed him, and they got all the bus campaigns done with Michael Parkinson. Call him, you know, Monday morning. Turns out he was away in Australia because he covered the cricket, and he enjoys covering the cricket, so that was that. Oh, I've got Ricky Gervais coming in for In Conversation. I know. Surprised at that one. I'm quite looking forward to that, actually. I think we'll probably get on very, very well. And do you remember the other day? Uh, who did I have in the other day? Oh, I got a lovely uh, text the other day. Lovely, lovely text, which was very nice indeed from uh, from from Faye, from our uh, from our, our showbiz department, which was really nice actually. Where's it gone to? And uh, she said she did an interview uh, the other day with Jesse Eisenberg. You know who we did a short while ago, and he told me to say hello to you. Look at that. How cool is that? How cool is that, Jesse? She says uh, he really enjoyed his interview with you. It was a good interview, actually. It was a very, very good interview. We, we had a, a very nice time. A very, very nice time. He was, And you can get the podcast on the LBC app. There you go. Listen to Jesse Eisenberg, who uh, is working up until, I think it's August, isn't it? I think he's down at the Whitehall Theatre. Such a nice person. Even nicer now, of course, as you can well imagine. And then I was, I was on the train yesterday, uh, minding my own business, sitting down there trying to find a copy of Metro. We don't get Metro anymore here, do we? For some reason, it doesn't seem to arrive in. I don't get it in my newspapers in the morning. And, um, and I bumped into a lady. She, went, she was leaving the train. She went, oh, Mr. Allen. How do people know it's me? I've got no idea. Perhaps it's that big jacket with, yes, I'm Steve Allen on it. But uh, anyway, uh, her mum, this is, uh, this is Lena. Her mum is Sarah. And she's a devout listener, apparently. And um, she's converted her five children, who all listen. In fact, many family conversations start with, Steve Allen says. That's probably the best way, actually. She had a cataract done on Friday, because this is what I was talking about, because I've got cataract as well in one of my eyes. So when I get my new glasses, you know, one, one lens will be bigger than the other one, but they're, they're filing it down so it looks reasonably normal. Uh, but anyway, so she had one done on Friday. Due to have another in a few weeks, she'd be delighted if you gave her a mention on the show. It would, uh, it would make her day. So there you go, Sarah Callan. There's your uh, mention on the... God, I hope to God you're up at this time. It would be awful if you are, don't it? But anyway, I gather you, you, you had the cataract thing. Because what they say after you've had the cataract operation, uh, because it, it clouds the eye a little bit. And so I've got it in my right eye. So the left eye is fine. Right eye, it's noticeable. Absolutely noticeable. Um, but it, it, it's not too bad. It's, it's, it's passable. You go and you have this operation, which takes less than 40 minutes, I believe. And you're awake for it. They just sort of, I think they laser or something, whatever it is that they do it. Then you have to put drops in every two hours uh, for about 48 hours. And then all of a sudden things go ping, colours become more vibrant, everything. Can't wait. I haven't booked it in yet. Oh, we've, uh, the, 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 uh, the text has, has come back to life. The text has come back to life. There you go. That's fine. And uh, Tony says, bring back duty freeze. Now we voted for Brexit. I mean, does anybody do duty free anymore? What's the... Do they still exist? They still exist, duty-free shops. I don't think they do. I mean, I was, I was explaining to a lady the other day in Paul Cooper's shop, she's going on a cruise uh, with Royal Caribbean. I said, they have a duty-free shop on board, and you can buy stuff, but you can't have it. So, in other words, you buy it, and then it stays there to the end of the holiday. 
Seems a bit of a pointless exercise to me, but anyway, you might as well just have it offshore. You know, you go offshore and you go through a duty-free shop on the way out and you can buy stuff. So you buy it on board. People think they'll buy it, keep it in the cabin. Oh, no, you're not allowed to take it away at all because they want you to buy their drink. They don't want to sell you duty-free drink. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I've, I've never understood why it was there in the first place. And uh, Jill says, don't say it out loud, Dorset tea. Dorset tea. I've never even heard of Dorset. Dorset tea? Well, they do Yorkshire. What's Dorset tea like? I mean, Yorkshire tea is like strong and butch and manly. And then you've got Dorset tea. They sell it in Waitrose. Other teas are available, probably. Never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. It's interesting, isn't it? The things that you sort of... The things that you learn. And, uh, Steve, uh, you could actually uh, be David and Victoria Beckham without actually having them in the studio. You could actually make up scenarios, couldn't you? I was like, I like the David and Victoria thing. Because, I mean, I, I think they have one of... Oh, there it is, the Dorset tea story. Here we go. And uh, in 1934, our found... I don't know why I'm doing it that accent. Keith Spicer started blending teas in his Bournemouth kitchen. Equipped with an old butcher's bike, he set out to deliver his creations to businesses around Dorset. 75 years later, in 2009, Dorset Tea was created to celebrate Keith's work and its Dorset's natural beauty and sunshine, which go into every cup today. That's why we call it Golden Blend Tea. They're not growing the blooming stuff, are they, as well? They're just bringing it in, aren't they? Anyway, Dorset Tea Golden Blend is available in packs of 40 and 80 tea bags, and you can, uh, and also 250 tea sachets. Catering packs are also available. So excited. And they do decaffeinated. Well, that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Our love of Dorset has created a new fruit and herbal infusions. You know who likes those, don't you? O'Brien likes a fruit uh, in... I don't see it. They do strawberries and cream as deliciously indulgent. It's a tea, incidentally, so it'll probably smell better. Blackberry syllabub. That sounds quite... I quite like a syllabub. And foraged fruits. That's, that's from their fruit tea infusions. Then they do herbal infusions. Cool chamomile. Earl of Dorset, wild about mint, and ginger with sunshine lemon. Doesn't that sound nice? Ginger with sunshine lemon. Plus, they also do green teas. God. Well, there you go. There you go. I quite like the idea of ginger with sunshine lemon. That sounds quite exciting, doesn't it? I won't be drinking it. I did. T- well, after I had my, my stents in, my uh, surgeon, I think it was Tony Blair's surgeon, said, uh, you need to drink green tea. I tried. It was horrid. I didn't like it at all. Seriously, I'm much... I'm much Better at doing Earl Grey tea. But uh, anyway, so now we know something, Jill. Now we know a little bit, pardon me, more than we did before, which is that Dorset Tea Golden Blend. It's quite nice. £2.65, incidentally, for 80 tea bags. <laughs> Other teas are available. <laughs> All the stuff you're drinking out there, actually. Ilkley Moor, where the whippets roam free. Are they really? Ilkley Moor. I mean, I'm sure it does exist. I just don't know what the bar tat is on Ilklimore bar tat. What does that, what does that mean something? Because I'm, I'm just thinking. And apparently, Mark says, uh, the footpaths are worn to bedrock from clogged feet. Because people all wear clogs in Yorkshire, don't they? And uh, on Ilklimore, oh, it's bart at. Bart at. It's a folk song. According to tradition... The words were composed by members of a Halifax church choir on an outing to Ilkley Moor near Ilkley in West Yorkshire. It looks lovely, doesn't it? They've got ducks on there and everything. And the song tells of a lover courting the object of his affections, Mary Jane on Ilkley Moor, uh, which is without a hat. Ah, but at. 
so without a hat. So in other words, Mary, a bit of an old trollop, was up there wandering about looking for a bit of action. And uh, she finds her lover courting the object of his affections, Mary without a hat. I mean, and she'd come from Dorset as well. She'd, she'd, she'd taken the overnight coach. And the singer chides the lover for his lack of headwear, for in the cold winds of Ilkley Moor, this will mean his death from exposure. Sorry, exposure. So in other words, they're just going to get a bit pash and then he's going to drop dead on her because he hasn't got a hat. Anyway, this will in result in the eating of his corpse by worms, the eating of the worms by ducks, and finally the eating of the ducks by the singers. So there is Mary, wandering around, still lonely, nobody to talk to, but at least she's got a bit of duck to eat. But no pancakes in sight at all. So poor old Mary up on Ilkley Moor without a hat. As I say, a right old trollop wandering around there. They go, all that Mary's up on the, on the moors again. Ooh, dear, it's not half as exciting as Heathcliff, is it, really? This is uh, Ilkley Moor without a hat. I love it. Sung to the Methodist hymn tune, Cranbrook, composed by a shoemaker. I love hymns. Have you noticed that as you get a little bit older, all the hymns that you sang in in school and in church, you remember them. So when they used to come up on Songs of Praise, I remembered them all. I could sing along with great gusto to, you know, he who would valiant be against all disaster. And uh, I can do any of those. We plough the fields and scatter the good seed on the land. And uh, bread of heaven, bread. And then I used to sing in, may you never live to me, live to me. <laughs> I love nothing like that. I'm not. I'm not really particularly religious, but uh, I have a faith. I believe in LBC. I have to. It pays my mortgage. Coming up very shortly, the news at five o'clock. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You're very welcome. It's Thursday, twenty eighth of July. Good morning, wherever you might be. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Three minutes past five is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Thursday, the twenty eighth of July. And uh, £1.8 million, that's what's left in the Savile pot for 78 victims. The rest has gone on the lawyers. So it's about £23,000 each. That's what I've worked it out. Uh, The posh school, which has banned the gamers, they put up a big sign. They don't want anybody uh, sort of doing Pokemon and stuff like that. Ridiculous. Uh, I'm an insecure control freak, Zayn Malik, who says he wants to be an actor. No chance. No chance. The Nazi troll facing jail for the vile email threats to an MP. And the healthy snacks. As much salt as eight packets of crisps. Wow. Amazing. Oh, and fake tan. Apparently it makes you look wrinkled. Makes you look wrinkled. I don't know why. Uh, Jonathan seems to think that uh, Sadiq Khan wants to charge me 40 quid a day to use uh, my Bentley in London. Uh, No, he doesn't. No, no. I'm not a diesel car. Uh, I don't get penalised at all, so I don't know why I'd be charging £40 a day. Uh, and also, I don't need to, need to bring my car into town. I, I never need to bring the car into town at all. I've got, uh, I've got a very good cab service, well, sort of good cab service. And although this morning the driver fell asleep. Seriously, I thought we were going to have an accident. He, was like, he, could, he couldn't stay awake. It was like, apart from that, he'd already driven past me once. And I had to come back round again, and we were, we were wandering all over the place. At one point, a lorry nearly took us out. I was quite grateful to actually get out of the thing in the in the long run. It was much easier. But no, uh, Sadiq Khan is going to charge people. I think it goes up to what was it? I forget what it was actually. We shall find out because we did it on the program. But it's um, it's business users, isn't it? That's what he's penalised. I don't think he's got the right idea at all. Have you noticed he hasn't had as much impact as I wanted him to have? I wanted him to have a lot more impact. You know, perhaps he's perhaps he's got to get into his stride, or perhaps he's suddenly realised that you know penalising people is not going to be the way forward. Uh, they say here. 
It's it's ten pounds. Yes, older, dirtier cars will pay a ten. But that's before a certain year, isn't it? And I think it's before it's the charge on top of the existing eleven pound fifty applies to cars first sold before two thousand and five. So no, not affecting me in the slightest. Not affecting me. And mine is not an old car, and it's certainly not a dirtier car at all. He was, he's hoping to ta- tackle the capital's toxic air. They say cities are growing around the world. A bunch of old mamby pambies, aren't we, really? But no, it doesn't, doesn't affect me in the slightest. So older cars, that's prior to 2005, will have to pay this, uh, this charge. I'm assuming if you're driving a very old car from pre-2005, you can't afford to drive it anyway. So, but perhaps he's, he's doing everybody a favour by keeping them out. And uh, so, no, it doesn't affect me. It's going to apply from 2017 to cars first sold before 2005. And then uh, he plans to uh, do a faster rollout of cleaner buses. Yes, because the buses must be pumping out pollution, mustn't they? I would think. Uh, air pollution causes 40,000 early deaths across the country every year. Good God, is it really that many? Anyway, but uh, it doesn't apply to taxes. Now, is that black taxes or is that everybody's taxes? Is that private hire vehicle? But they say, as in the 1950s, air pollution in London is literally killing Londoners. But unlike the smoky pollution, I remember, you're too, uh, too young to remember this, but I remember smog in London, where you could literally, in pea supers, it would come in off, off the Thames, and literally you couldn't see anything at all. Sometimes you couldn't see, you know, your hand in front of your face. I remember driving up the Great West Road one day, and the, the fog was so bad. We don't really see fog now, do we? It was so bad, I couldn't, I had to get, cl- crawl up to traffic lights and practically open the car window to see what colour they were. It was that bad. And the danger was that there were other people, in the, in the end it became far too frightening to drive. Really, you know, far too frightening. Uh, so uh, that's that's one thing we don't have anymore. We don't have the the pea supers. Ooh ah, ooh ah! I thought I turned into an old round horn with rambling Sid Rumpo when you did the Dorset accent. Well, hello, my dearios. We shall rumble in the jungle, and we shall nadger our ghoulies together. I think that's what he used to do. They were all old-fashioned words. Everybody thought that Kenneth Williams made up those words, but they weren't. They were all uh, they were old-fashioned English words. So that's why, of course, when he did it, it made everybody laugh at the same time. When I do it, it's just sad, I think. And uh, Steve Aldi have some wicked recipes for Prosecco with sorbet or ice cream, says Alan. Prosecco with sorbet. I'm not sure about that. You could put Prosecco with, is it apricot puree or something like that? It sort of turns it into a Bellini or something. Perhaps that's champagne, I don't know. But uh, all I know is I'm increased Prosecco sales, and so I should. I'm a big advocate of uh, of Prosecco. Uh, Steve, where are the tea plantations in Yorkshire to make Yorkshire tea, says Neil? On Ilkleymore Bartat. I just pointed out to you. Ilkleymore there, and the tea over there, and these bushes here, black pudding bushes. The black pudding and the white pudding bushes are over the other side of Ilkleymore. Oh, it's all there, I tell you. You're just not looking for it. It's just that you can't see it. Reminding me of the time that I went to Disney and they were so ingrained in the Disney psyche that they, they showed me a new ride which was coming coming into existence. And I said, oh, I said, what was there before? Thinking she'd just say, oh, it's a bit of scrap ground. Or, and she said, no, it's always been there. I went, your pardon? She said, yes. As we, we, we went over the top on like sort of a little sort of monorail kind of thing. And I said, so well, what was there before? Innocent question. Thinking she was going to say, oh, it used to be an ice cream kiosk. We pulled it down. No, she said, it's always been there. That's the Disney thing. It's a case of they don't build rides. They just... They just arrive. 
from the fairies, I think. I don't quite know how it went. I was a bit taken aback by it. Very funny. Very funny. And, uh, and still, still quite good fun, actually. Still quite good. I, I like Disney. I'm, I'm quite big into things like that. I just like theme parks. A friend of mine said he said, I definitely want to go to America for the theme parks. Because they do them bigger and better than us. All we have is Alton Towers, Chessington World of Adventure. There's probably loads up. On Ilkley Moor, there's probably loads of these things. You probably can't move for roller coasters up there. People sort of whizzing around, picking the uh, black pudding off the bushes as they whiz past it. Um, and uh, But the Americas do it better. You go to Florida. That's why all, all the Brits go to Florida, don't they? Oh, I'll tell you what I did see yesterday. This was an interesting one. This is um, a member of the Wright family from, from Towie. Uh, and this is... The one who went out, he's, he's, he's been married, he's got two children, and now he's shacked up with some other, uh, some other girl. And his name is, what's his first name? Somebody write, in Marbella. So it obviously rhymes with Marbella. And he's got this sort of, it's right next to a road, actually. It's sort of some bar with sort of a restaurant place. And what in God's name is his name? It's, it's a new ITV2 series. And so I watched it. Not, not Mark Wright, no, it's his cousin, Elliot Wright. Elliot Wright. In this, and they've obviously decided that Elliot Wright, who went out with uh, poor old Chloe Sims, uh, mainly because it got him on the programme, and so we had to put up with him. And he's opened this, this place in Marbella, which has cost about £300,000. And he's... Uh, oh, right, he's, he's engaged, is he, to... Uh, Thankfully, she said yes. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? She's, the, the, the woman he's engaged to here is obviously a lot younger. Uh, he's uh, he's 35. He quite clearly knows absolutely diddly squat about about restaurants. And uh, anyway, she's very special. She wears makeup, full makeup on the beach, without makeup. Can't imagine what she looks like. And he's he's a bit sort of he's a bit naffo. And so he's got this sort of restaurant, which is sort of I don't know. It appears not to be within civilization. And so they're making this uh, this this program about it. God, it's boring. I didn't realize just how dull his life is. Really, really. Boring and dull. I mean, it's just... I don't know what the food is, but I know that the chef was having a mare of a day in the kitchen. First of all, he say to me, he say, eggs benedict. Then he come back, then he say, no cheese. Then he come back and say, no sauce. What he tell me? Why he tell me this? And then you got three old bimbos on the front desk who are arguing. There's this one here. Oh, that's Chloe Sims. Is, I mean, she's so old anyway. She was past it years ago. And, um, and so they've got all these other people. There was one vile... It was quite clearly a drunk... And uh, this this dreary program about this boring restaurant. I mean, you only have to look at the people who go to it to realise you don't want to go there. This is not your sort of place at all. It all looks like the cast of Essex have wandered out there. But uh, he's uh, Elliot Player in Marbella, mugged off by a young staff member Curtis. Yeah, this is the little boy who works behind the bar who apparently came out on the on the first night uh, and started dancing. And the restaurant manager who talked like this. He told, no, I don't maybe think that, you know, he okay, but, you know, you know, dance with people again. And so it's an interesting programme, but the uh, the restaurant looks decidedly naff. And this mugged off, whereas Elliot hasn't got the faintest idea of anything at all. He really hasn't. And um, somebody said, oh, he's a, he's a good lad. Others said the show is all about Curtis. Um, I just don't think that Mr Elliot, I'm afraid, is as interesting as he obviously thinks he is. He's very dull. He can't, you know, he's, he can't deal with people on the telephone. And uh, young barman Curtis uh, says, a, sp- a customer dragged me onto the dance floor. I spoke to Elliot. He's told me not to do it. Uh, uh, yes, you have work, says Jeremy, who's the you know, my manager for shop. And I, I sort of tell you, you know, do this. We sing from my hymn sheet. OK, so it's all a bit like that, but it's all a bit... 
It's all a bit naff, actually. It's, in fact, it's just a very average-looking kind of restaurant, which is based on a main road. I mean, a truck comes round that. You know, you're going to take out half the customers, I should imagine. And uh, it just wasn't as interesting as, uh, as I thought it could have been. Where they got Curtis from, Central Casting, I thought. Can't have got them from anywhere else. And he sort of does it, and then they've, they've got... There's obviously about four or five members of this family have all put money in. It's not all Elliot Wright, but because he's the only one that people know... That's what they've, they've sort of pretended it's his restaurant, but I suspect it's probably a combination of about three or four of them. And uh, Elliot spends a lot of time showing you that his, uh, his teeth have been whitened professionally and he's got a bimbo girlfriend who luckily gets on with his kids who live in Ireland who he doesn't see very often when he does see them. They're obviously very well spoken, so obviously the mother's got them into a good school. And, and that's the end of the program. There's nothing else that goes on there. It's very, and, and, and there's the three girls on the front desk who argue about everything. Um, whose idea it was to have the party. That was how dull this programme got. I can't really see it lasting or even bothering to go back for a second time. But there's no... There's, look, you see all the bits of film. There's nobody walking around. One or two people. There must all be extras that they've moved into the restaurant. My, a friend of mine did, did go there. I said, what was it like? She said, all right. <laughs> Nothing particularly special. And it's obviously... In a, this, I thought this was in Marbella. Well, they must be in the bad end of Marbella because I thought Marbella was all buzzy-buzzy. Perhaps he can't afford the buzzy-buzzy bit. Perhaps he's got to go along for the, for the other thing. But it's called Olivia after his daughter, and his son is called Elliot as well. They're really original. And so he's got... It's Little Elliot's Bar. I mean, I don't really know what you could say, actually. They're not all there in the in the real world. But uh, whether or not it works, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's, unfortunately, because there's not enough going on uh, in the bar <coughs> and in the restaurant, it's just people arguing. Not really conducive if you're trying to attract the right upmarket crowd. And if you want the upmarket crowd, you're not going to be going to Marbella, are you? You really are not going to be going. Uh, Real TV and funny. LOL. Couldn't write this stuff, says Elliot Wright. Again, love that episode. Elliot Wright, one of the best shows on TV. That's somebody called Destiny, who's got no friends at all. Your kids are so beautiful. I know. It's so lovely when they exploit... Sorry, when they put their children on the... Uh, I bet the mother's going, get them off the television. Because Elliot loves his kids, like Peter Andre. And they're where Peter Andre's career disappeared. I mean, at least Peter Andre sings, well, once. And uh, Elliot Wright doesn't sing. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, Lucy's in Boring New Malden. Oh, God, but that's... I tell you. See New Malden and die, isn't it? That's like being involved in student radio, Lucy. Student Radio and <laughs> New Malden, kind of... I have to be nice, because there might be somebody listening who is involved with both New Malden and Student Radio. So what I have to do, I have to, sort of, I have to do a subculture, and I have to sort of say, yeah, you're right, Lucy, it's really dull and boring there, and Student Radio is equally dull and boring. And, uh, and then, for the purposes of the other person, I go, actually, it's really great, isn't it? I love Student Radio. I've never done it myself, because I've never actually been a student, and I never did hospital radio. I always imagine there was something a little bit difficult about hospital radio, where you're lying in bed and, you know, you sort of... Because you, you, you always go into hospital now, don't you? And they go, oh, you can listen to the hospital radio. Sorry? You can listen to the hospital radio. Really? Why would I want to? You know, you go in, if you've been listening to LBC, you go, can I have LBC? Would you not like a request played on our hospital radio? Hospital Radio Devon. do 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 Lucy... <laughs> He came up with a rude word. Um, and so they've got, you get this hospital radio and you've got a little thing by the side of it. And then every so often, people with an average age of seven come and sit on your bed and go, Hello, hello, I'm Lucy and this is Michael and we're from Hospital Radio Devon. And, and they, would you like a request played? And you're there with tubes stuck in you and everything else. And you can barely breathe. Uh, uh, do you want a record played? Uh, 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 uh. You're sitting on the tube. Get off the tube. I can't breathe. 
<laughs> Would you like Sweet Caroline? No, I don't want anything at all. I want to listen to Steve Allen, please. And that's what they do. And then they do... I've heard the hospital radio programmes, sweeping generalisation, that they go in hospital radio Devon with Lucy and Michael, and it's now 17 minutes past five. And a big good morning to you if you're just waking up from your operation. Uh, and then the next minute they go, it's now... 18 minutes past five. Only on hospital radio does time drag so much because they are under the misapprehension because it's it's a good standby. You give a time check. But if you're lying in a hospital bed and you're connected up to the internet and the tubes and everything else and you go, you don't want to hear a time check. You don't want to be reminded that it's only two minutes since they last cheerily on the Lucy and Michael show because we've been here. And coming up next, it's, it's Vicar Frank. Vicar Frank has got his own show as well on Hospital Radio Devon. And, and, and he'll be playing some of your favourite tunes. Oh, God, take me now, Jesus. Please take me now. Don't leave me here for another day. Hello, we're back again. Would you like another record? We, we played that Neil Diamond. Did you hear your name? It is like, it is like that. It's just, it's, with people listening going, it's nothing like that on Hospital Radio at all. We're very sophisticated now. <laughs> it comes down to the same thing, doesn't it? Uh, Lucy thinks I've been on the Jelly Babies. I wish I had, actually. I haven't been on Jelly Babies at all. I'll tell you what I've had this morning. I've had a couple of digestive biscuits, three, and, and I've had a, a plum. And that's and they, these things, they're like, you can bang nails in with these. And, uh, and that's it. Whether or not it's the, it's the plum that's affected me, I don't know. <laughs> not too sure. Um, happy birthday, Ian McCaskill, 78. 78 today. You'd never guess it, would you? Never guess people. I'm rubbish on people's ages. People say, how old so-and-so? And I don't know. I really don't know. But he's 78 and he looks uh, amazing. Uh, walk and live longer. That was one of our mottos that we came up with ages ago. If you've got a house with stairs, walking up and down the stairs. Yes, of course, the thing Hospital Radio doesn't have is, uh, is travel news. Oh, we have travel news, don't we? I knew there was something, actually. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 22 minutes nearly past five. But it doesn't matter, does it? It's 22 minutes past five, for goodness sake. Uh, there is a slum landlord in the paper today. She's vanished, of course, as you would imagine she would. She's packed 31 migrants into a four-bedroom house. She's charging them a fortune. 100,000 a year she's, uh, she's raking in. I can't remember which paper it was in, but I remember thinking, there's so many of these people who've got these houses and they don't mind shoving people in because they don't care about people at all. Uh, they've got a picture of the... Um, the video, ISIS have released this sick video of the cowardly fanatics, luckily both dead, uh, blown to pieces by, uh, by French guns. So that was great. But the France have now said that they're not going to be showing any more pictures of these people. That's their little get-off, isn't it? That's their little fantasy. And so ISIS go, oh, yes, it was some of our soldiers. You don't have any soldiers, mateys. You've just got paedophiles, you know, people of sort of limited intelligence. And these two are dead, limited, intelligent people. Uh, they had a vile oath of hate. I mean, they're just pathetic. The trouble is that you, you can't do anything about it. It's no good people saying we've heightened security. It's no good saying, oh, we're now going to sort of really be... Well, because we're not. Because other, I mean, one of these was tagged. He was tagged. We knew all about him. It's only when you get a, a good programme or, or a good story... Um, about this family here, the huge family who pay their own way. They're Britain's busiest parents. Uh, and this is um, uh, Sue and Noel Radford. They claim no benefits. What a shining example to the sponging little lowlifes in this country who sponge their way through everything and have no intention of doing a day's work, mainly appearing on the Jeremy Kyle show. And uh, they don't. They don't. They get through three boxes of cereal uh, daily by the family at breakfast because they've got 19 and they range, uh, range in age from 27 down to 13 months. And they seem to have fairly normal names like Millie, 
Katie, I have to be on. I don't want to. Be, this is going to sound really rude, isn't it? And I don't want it to sound rude. They're not particularly blessed with looks. This family. I mean that in a caring. Understand me, please. Believe me. Uh, they're, they're not the best-looking family I've ever seen, but they're all healthy, and uh, and and they're going to have baby number twenty. I mean, quite clearly, she just spent most of her time in labour. I should imagine, but uh, they're lovely. Um, the latest one, Phoebe Willow. That's about as, as daft a name as you're going to get. The rest of them are normal. Chloe, Chris, Katie. How oh, you'd remember this? I've got no idea. It's like, a, like trying to remember a pack of cards, isn't it? James, Sophie, Tilly, Amy, Ellie, Casper, Hallie. Yeah, Casper's slightly odd, isn't it, really, I suppose. Daniel, uh, Oscar. Uh, they're, they're just a nice family. I'd love to live next door to them. I think they'd be great fun. Great fun. And then you've got Phoebe Willow. Not sure about that. not sure about Phoebe Willow, but you know it's okay, okay. But I'd, I'd happily live next door to them. Nice people, very nice people. Uh, oldies get more randy apparently. If you're over, I know most of you sitting there going, "You are joking, aren't you?" Uh, it's the over fifty shades of grey. That's what it is now. It's uh, the over fifties. Apparently, the over fifty people. I shall let you know when I get there. Uh, are the people who are having uh, the most rumpy pumpy and how's your father and all the rest of it. There is a dishonest employee who exaggerated a work accident. Colin Haywood. Hurt his back in a factory in 98 and got compensation. Uh, 135,000 quid he got. 135,000. Uh, yesterday, the Supreme Court heard he overstated the injury and recovered much earlier than he said. So they've cut his award to 14,720 quid. Seems fair enough. Uh, the insurer, Zurich, uh, said uh, we knew all the time he was dishonest. Because they know these things. They know these things, don't they? And so they sorted it all out. Uh, there's a Sky Sports News presenter, Tom White, quizzed by police. Uh, he was on a lad's holiday and a pal fell to his death. This is, you know, people... He, this, this man plunged from a fifth-floor hotel balcony. I'll tell you, if I see balconies, I keep the door shut. I'm terrified to go out on balconies. Uh, he was sleeping at the time, but of course, they, you know, because he's the only famous person there. Mind you, I'd never heard of him, but I mean, if he's the only famous person, they then start quizzing people, don't they? And sort of saying, so what do you know about it? And didn't know anything at all. Uh, more in hummus than eight crisp bags. That's salt. Salt, apparently. Uh, researchers checked uh, 210 dips, including hummus, terrace malata and guacamole, found many were salt and fat traps. Marks and Spencer's caramelised onion hummus had over three grams of salt. That's more than eight times you get in six packets of Walker's crisps. Three quarters of the hummus pots also had red high-fat warnings. And, of course, a diet high in salt leads to strokes and heart disease. So be warned, because if you eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, you can taste the salt on the thing. And uh, you've got to be very careful. In moderation, always in moderation, makes such a difference. So here they are, 31 migrants in a, in a house scam. These are slum landlords. The owner of the house is somebody called Harsha Shah. Um, she's, she's gone missing, actually. She's gone missing. And uh, they, their whereabouts were unknown yesterday. I bet they were. I bet they were. They raked in 100,000 a year. They stuffed 31 people. You've never seen anything like it in your life. Into a four-bed semi. These are slum landlords. That's what they are. Uh, council tenants found up to six tenants to a room and a woman living in a shack of pallets and tarpaulin. They shared two toilets for the property, which is only licensed for seven people. They pay 65 quid a week to live in this dump. 
And uh, every room except the kitchen had been turned into a bedroom. Bags and tins of food, there were holes in the ceilings. They were all supposed to be, well, they were, shift workers from India. Not known how many came to the UK legally, Brent Council swooped on the property. I bet this is tip of the icework, but ice, uh, iceberg. And uh, a new low, says Councillor Harvey Farrer. The, uh, the shack looks like something you'd expect to see in a Hollywood depiction of a shantytown, not Zone 4 of London. Mother and daughter, Harsha, 51, a very old 51, and uh, Chadney Shah owned the house, one of three their family have in London. For two years, they'd let it for £1,500 a month via agents to two men, aged 34 and 26. Their whereabouts were unknown yesterday. So they rent it to people who then sublet. These people know what's going on. I mean, surely you check on your own property, don't you? The council said the owners had a duty to let it responsibly. Yes. A spokesman for the family said, we were out of the country and didn't know what was going on. Yeah, right. Well, you need to know what's going on. Your property, you suppose some, somebody's looking after it. So you, so you sub-rent it out to somebody else and they rent it out to 31 people. It's not good, is it? 31 people. I can imagine 31 people in a house. Disgusting, isn't it, really? Absolutely disgusting. Nice flash car outside. They so said somebody's making some money somewhere. But, uh, they'll find the people. They'll find the two men. You know, you hope that, that there are two men, don't you, really? And it's not just something that's been sort of made up and nobody bothers... Sh- if you've got property, you check. I've seen the programmes on the telly where they go round and, uh, and they go, we need to get these people evicted for the house because they haven't paid any rent. And I think that's the can't pay, we're going to take it away kind of brigade. And so they turn up at the house and they say, you've got an hour to get out, love. And, um, and then they start throwing things. Oh, the mess these people leave it in. It's disgusting. Mm. Oh. Mm. Sorry. Have to have that cup of coffee in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. It kind of just picks you up, picks you up, which is uh, which is very nice, actually. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Kelvin says I volunteered at a hospital radio for a while. Hospital radio, Kelvin. <laughs> they have this uh, uh, stat that something like eighty percent of radio presenters started there. Unfortunately, a lot of them believe that means eighty percent of hospital radio presenters will get a job in a professional status, uh, station. On the whole, though, it's good fun. Oh yes, it's always good fun. But um, no, uh, I don't know any radio presenters at all who've done hospital radio. Seriously, I don't know anybody, anybody at all. I know some people who've done student radio, but I don't know anybody who's done hospital. Oh, well, I might know a couple actually. Might know a couple of people. But uh, generally speaking, no. Generally speaking, no. Especially not in this day. It might have been like that years ago, but uh, certainly not like that uh, nowadays. Uh, we were in uh, London last week. Talk about pollution. We counted bus after bus emitting clouds of exhaust smoke, and nine out of ten buses were almost empty. Why are they allowed to congest the road? I don't know. I see buses going through Twickenham in the early hours of the morning, the N22 in particular. 99% empty. Is it actually worth running it? The answer is probably not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Great show, says Terry. Just to let you know, tea can't be grown on Ilkley Moor as it's too exposed to the weather. Yorkshire tea is grown on the foothills of Huddersfield and Pontefract. Eh, by gum, Huddersfield. I love it. I love the Huddersfield Choral Society. Big fan of theirs. Big fan of theirs. You know, the trouble is they don't have many videos out, do they? Uh, Peter... Uh, says, so we were... I don't know, I'm doing these accents. Where are these coming from? I'm having some sort of breakdown or something here. He says, we were in London to get a visa, and now we're in Perth, Australia, and it's so cold, sitting here at 12.19, listening to your programme with my jacket on, trying to keep warm. It's actually not exactly uh, boiling hot over here. Not uh, not exactly boiling hot over here. Uh, and as we get a bit of... I don't mind it when it rains now. Just don't, 
like to get too wet. Uh, half a lifetime ago, before Bromley Hospital was demolished, some local celebrities covered slots on the radio. We had half of Hale and Pace and a regular from the bill. Still didn't make it any better, says Tom. And if one more person had asked them to play You Can Ring My Bell for the lovely nurses, who always answer the bells, I would have lost it. They do that, don't they? Yeah. I think My Way was the most popular, you know. And now the end is near. Oh, God. You know, they always used to say, if ever they move you to a side ward, if you're in hospital and they go, we're just going to pop you in a side ward, you're not going to make it through the night. Are you really? That's, that's the way they work it, I think. So that the people don't, don't have any surprises when they wake up in the morning. Bit bizarre, isn't it? Mind you, we take our hats off to the nurses and the doctors and the fine people who run our NHS. And we say that, really, with hand on heart. Absolutely. Absolutely hand on heart for that one. Uh, another one uh, here very quickly. Uh, listening to you mention you've got uh, cataract, I thought I'd tell you, I've had cataract, says Sandra, in both my eyes down in January. Uh, I was initially booked in to have them done on the NHS, but I read about it, uh, about being able to have multifocal lenses fitted that make me glass-free. The first since, since I was 12, I'm now 65. Yeah, when I had my eyes tested the other week, and I've got to wait till Tuesday to actually get the glasses that I've ordered. I'm, I'm so different because I always knew that one eye was different from the other. And so they've said, you know, one eye is different. And I've got cataracts in, in that one, which, you know, don't, don't particularly pose a problem at the moment. They, they did say, do you think you want glasses for driving? I said, I'll leave those at the moment. I mean, I can go back and arrange them. But also they can put these lenses and everything. I picked up a pair of Ray-Bans and they went, do you want those with your, with your prescription done? Said, well, and you could do that. So you could have Ray-Ban glasses, but with my, my prescription. And they, do, they did recommend wearing sunglasses all the time, which, of course, is very good, because I do wear sunglasses all the time. I've now got better than 20-20 distance vision. And uh, they said the fourth one down the page was the average. That's about as far as I got, Sandra. That's about as far as I got, uh, the fourth one down. And she went, I need you to read more than that. I said, I can't see it. I can't see it. I should be able to see it once I've got my glasses. Give me my glasses and I'll tell you what it is. Uh, Steve says, your old mate Toby Anstis started out on Slough's Hospital Radio. Radio Wexham. Really? Did he? I shall have to check with it. I, sh- I shan't see him until tomorrow, actually. Uh, did I hear you correctly, Steve, says Lynn, that people get more randy as they get older? Yeah. Apparently so. Apparently so. She says, it is true, only nowadays my husband has to give me a two-day head start to chase me around the bedroom because of my arthritis. Oh, that's the old Joan Rivers line, isn't it? You know, should get, catch me later. Tomorrow would be nice. And I don't believe it. My granddaughter's called Phoebe Willow, says Patricia. Phoebe Willow? Is it, is it sort of a character from a book or something? Is there some reason why all of a sudden people would say it was, um, it was Phoebe Willow? I mean, it's an odd one, isn't it? Phoebe Willow. Phoebe Willow. Perhaps it's a character in something. I don't know. Uh, Chris says, I listen to you every morning and I live in Dubai. You start at 7am my time, which is perfect. When I come back to the UK, 4am is a wee bit early. Well, that's why we have podcasting. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, then you can learn how to download. You can pick up LBC. It's so easy. Seriously, it's, it's made. It's almost ridiculously easy for you. And you can download all the interviews for In Conversation. Uh, you, everything. Absolutely everything. Uh, the Posh College, incidentally, is Wellington College. £33,000 a year. That's how much it costs to go there. Uh, they don't want Pokemon Go players trespassing on their grounds. They've got 400 400 acres. They put up a sign. No access for Pokemon Go private property. Now, I, I do have one of my producers who is into Pokemon Go. I don't understand what it is. I just know that every so often you get a picture appearing. Apparently, this Pokemon appeared in the studio the other day. It's immensely sad. The Australian is uh, hes just because he has no friends. Because he's Australian. I mean, I don't need to say anything more. It's like stains. You know, stains, 
No friends, quite clearly. And so, consequently, he's sort of, he's trying to get people to sort of play this Pokemon Go. And I don't really understand what it is. All I know is that we were going through Regent's Park the other day, and I bet Phil Vickery's got this with the kids at home as well. And a friend of mine went, oh, there's a Pokemon. I went, oh, God, I never... So I'm looking around, thinking that maybe there is, there's a Pokemon going to pop out from under a bush and go, and then sort of disappear back at it again. And it's nothing. And he shows me it on the phone. It's like a super... Imp- it's the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Actually, you must be a bit psychic this morning, Mr Vickery. Because I was thinking about you earlier on, thinking it's been a few days. You must be busy or something. I've not heard from you for a few days. He says you're on form today. I think so, too. I think so, too. Although I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit fed up with this Pokemon Go rubbish. The producer is constantly on his phone. Oh, I'm thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, it's, it's really dull. Uh, Phil says, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about either. Which doesn't really help. It's called Pokemon Go. And all the kids play it on their phones. And I say kids, because my, my producer is a, an adult. Well, I mean, in Australian terms, he's classed as an adult. The rest of the world, slightly remedial. And uh, and he plays this Pokemon Go. And I don't know what it is. I just know that this thing pops up. And he took a picture of the studio. And he went, look, there's a Pokemon there. And apparently you win points if you see so many Pokemon. I mean, I'm guessing. I've really got no idea. Somebody else will have to enlighten me on what it is. I mean, just, can you try and, don't do pages and pages. You can just do me a little thing. Pokemon Go is for sad, lonely people who've got no life and no friends. And it means that you see Pokemons. Okay? I mean, that's, that's about as good as it's going to get. I can't, I can't think, uh, your brother plays it and he's 30. Oh, dear. God, if my brother tells me he plays it, I'm disowning him from the family. He's coming out the will immediately. There's no point in, uh, in doing that. And, um, it's for children, isn't it, says Phil. Well, no. It appears to be for everybody. Not for us, though. Not for us. We're, we're far too busy to, to faff around with things like that. Uh, Steve, is the podcast service free? Uh, I do have a free podcast. I have a free one every day. And I believe that a couple of other people have a free podcast. And if you download the app on the LBC website, it will send you them. We have a podcast service, which means you can download this programme. We take out the adverts. We take out the news. We take out the travel. Poor old Joanne, honestly, she gets removed from everything now, bless her. And uh, so, we, so we actually take all of that out. And uh, then you get the... So what does it come down to? A two and a half hour programme comes down to about about two hours. So you lose about half an hour, but it's it's the bits that, you know, you, you don't need on there for the purposes of the podcast. So you get the podcast. Uh, and then all the programmes on LBC, from as little as £2 a month, going into his sales spiel uh you get all the programs on lbc every single program you can download and you get to keep them it's not one of these you're borrowing it for a time uh so you know if if you if you can work quick you can download everything and then you can download the in conversations all the specialist programs all sorts of things all sorts of things are all available uh, just to you from as little as two pounds a month a lot of people just keep renewing and they take out a year and then they do another year and uh, and when they go on holiday they actually keep these uh, programs and then they go on holiday with them as well. But you get the free ones every day. We, we send that to you automatically. Just need to download. Uh, if you watch Doctor Who and play Pokemon and you're in your 30s or above, says Phil, who's as fascinated by am uh, as I am not uh, in this thing because because we don't really understand what it is. Um, he says it. You need to look at your life. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. But years ago, I went out, when I first started doing this, this programme years ago, I was looking for things to put on the programme. We used to put all sorts of strange things on, including I went out to somebody's house and he played Dungeons and Dragons. And did you ever understand what Dungeons... I didn't understand what it was. It was like a game that people played with sort of 
dragons and dungeons and all sorts of things. And you would play it. Was it played over the telephone or something like that? Or I don't know how it worked anyway. And so I went round and he was trying to explain what it was. And to be honest with you, I glazed over and started drinking. And it was at that moment that I suddenly realised there's no point in me trying to understand these things. I, listen, I can't get my head around Cluedo. So there's no point in doing Dungeons and Dragons or Pokemons. Pokemon Go. I mean, Pokemon and Pokemon there. I just, don't, I just don't understand what it is. But there's young people listening who understand these things and probably think I'm some old fuddy-duddy because I don't understand it. But then I don't understand a lot of things. I seriously don't understand why a sherbet fountain is called a sherbet fountain. It's never gushed out the top as far as I could ever see. So anyway, this comes back to the story of Wellington College, £33,000 a year, thank you very much indeed, uh, telling uh, fans of Pokemon Go that you're not to trespass on there. The free game, downloaded by up to 75 million users worldwide, has already been banned at a string of locations, among them uh, Auschwitz in Poland. They've banned it, which of course they should do. Chiefs have called it disrespectful to the memory of victims and absolutely inappropriate. And uh, to be honest with you, if uh, if any school ever went there and somebody was caught doing this at Auschwitz or any of these uh, places, the entire school should be thrown out of there. This is so disrespectful. People steal from Auschwitz. People actually, people write their names in some of the some of the sheds. It's just absolutely wrong. But uh, motorway signs near Manchester have warned drivers not to play Pokemon Go at the wheel. The game has uh, also been criticised after Pokemon were spotted on railway tracks, possibly putting uh, players at risk. Wellington College refused to comment last night. Well, they would, wouldn't they? £33,000 a year. So do you have a comment on Pokemon Go? No, you don't have a comment at all, actually, no. I play it, Steve. I know you do, Dave. I know you do. And did you understand it? No. OK. Does Victoria help you with it? No, she doesn't. Right. Do, do, you, do you play with the children? What children? You're, you're, oh, well, maybe not. Uh, anyway, so uh, so that's what it is, Phil. And we're, we're none the wiser. It's just that 75 million have been downloaded. And uh, I, I can't criticise something that is obviously terribly, terribly good. Uh, yeah, no, I don't want to go with it. I don't, I don't want to entertain downloading an app. The only app I want to download on here is the one from, from the National Lottery saying, congratulations, you've won 60 million. I don't want anything else. My life is, is too busy. Sort of, without having to worry about things like that. Uh, guess who's trying to turn him into a reality star? Nigel Farage. Uh, they say here, he's holding out to be a contestant on I'm a Celebrity later this year. Uh, uh, he was also uh, in advance talks to appear on Celebrity Big Brother. and uh, But BBC Bigwigs have refused to consider him for Strictly Come Dancing. I agree, actually. I mean, uh, he reckons if he wants to go into the jungle, £750,000. Ah, 20 quid will get Farage in there. Just tell him it's a free bar. <coughs> 750000 As if they're going to pay something like that. They don't, they don't pay that sort of money for anybody. If ever you read it, it's a lie. It's as simple as that. Uh, developed in the UK, a new drug that could reverse Alzheimer's. And uh, this... Uh, lady in the paper today, Eileen Blunt, six years ago, was given the news that she had uh, Alzheimer's. She was offered a place on a trial of a new drug, LMTX, developed at Aberdeen University. For 15 months, she took the pills twice a day, although she was never told whether she was taking the real drug or a placebo. I think that's cheating if it's a placebo, like a sugar tablet. Since last October, she's been given tablets she knows are the real thing. We don't know if it's the drug that's worked or whether she's just done very well, said her husband. But the progression has been very slow. But to anybody who doesn't know she had Alzheimer's, there is no way they would know. 
So that's got to be good news, hasn't it? That's got to be good news for people who are for people who are suffering. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So uh, Osborne's favourite burger chain shops illegal migrant staff. Obviously at Byron they had a bit of a problem with this one, so they contacted the immigration department and. Uh, Uh, What they've done is uh, they've managed to find 35 employees from Albania, Brazil, Nepal and Egypt who were held in early morning raids on Byron restaurants across London. I should imagine it's tip of the iceberg. I should imagine, you know, if these people can can work here without being checked and they obviously had fake papers. And uh, when they arrived at outlets across the capital, immigration officials turned up with documents containing their names and photographs, and started to interview them. The claim has led to a backlash against the restaurant chain, as some patrons took to social media to attack it for seemingly employing staff without carrying out proper checks. But I think that what they had was they had fake papers. And so all people can do is is, uh, sort of try and do it. Speaking uh, to the uh, papers, the, uh, the company didn't respond to allegations that the workers had been lured to a meeting. They said, we can confirm that several of Byron's London restaurants were visited by representatives of the Home Office. So, but I would imagine there's probably a lot of people working illegally in the restaurant trade, in cafes, in bars, all sorts of places. And they're probably working, you know, as part of the black economy. Byron, I should imagine, was the tip of the iceberg. What's interesting is that they call in the immigration staff, whereas they must have been tipped off about this. You just sort of don't employ these people. Because I don't think it's given them the greatest bit of publicity. However, Stephen Kinnock has been forced to deny uh, duping his Labour constituency. After it emerged, he sent his daughter to a private school, 29000 a year. When he stood for selection at his South Wales seat in 2014, the Labour MP stated his eldest daughter, Joanna, was not educated privately. But it emerged yesterday she had, in fact, attended Atlantic College in the Vale of Glamorgan from 2013 to 2015. He didn't mention her schooling in his constituency selection meeting in 2014 or an interview with her website at the same time. The former Labour leader's son, one of the most prominent Red Princes, said last night that uh, her fees had been partly funded by the Danish government. His wife, Helle Thorning-Schmidt, is Danish and was Prime Minister of her country at the time. But one of the Labour members of his local party said last night he may not have been selected had the full facts been made clear. Not the first time that Labour figures have been tripped up by the family schooling. You remember Diane Abbott, now the Shadow Health Secretary, admitted that her decision to send her son to a ten grand a year City of London school was indefensible. And in fact, you remember, because her son phoned LBC. It was one of those rare occasions they were talking on the Nightline programme about people who went to private school and he phoned up and he said, my mum's Diane Abbott. And we sort of thought about it, went, put him on air, put him on air. <laughs> and uh, he said, I, I go to a private school. <laughs> I blew her out the water immediately. And uh, Tony Blair sent his sons to uh, uh, the London Oratory. Atlantic College is located at the 12th century St Donuts Castle, where students have access to a Gothic dining room, 25,000 book library, gardens and woodland, and boat building. Mr Kinnock denies he failed to reveal the schooling when seeking selection, because he said he was talking about his daughter's Danish Danish education. Honestly, nothing worse than somebody who's wiggling at the end of the line, is there, really? Uh, They should have a Pokemon Go character of Steve Allen standing there doing a V sign. Yes, you could. I, we just, I'm just really not interested in Pokemon Go. <laughs> Mainly because, I suppose, being completely ignorant, I just don't understand, you know, anything about it. I don't, but then I understand how all of a sudden, you know, people get very, very excited about something. They go, oh, you doing Pokemon and Of course, all the kids at school are doing it. I wonder why the other Australian producer, every five minutes, he's looking at his phone. 
He's looking for Pokemon Go, isn't he? Perhaps he's hoping one... But I don't understand where it comes from. I don't understand how all of a sudden you could be looking at me saying here, then the next minute there's a Pokemon. I mean, it's, it just generates, does it? Well, it's silly. It's very silly. I'll tell you. I don't... If I was a Pokemon, and a, you have to have an attack move. Running away, I would have thought. Prosecco guy wouldn't have anything. Honestly, what do you think I am? I don't have to do that sort of thing. What would be your attack move? Yes, I'm running away from you. Goodbye. Uh, the Alton Towers crash girl. I'm not milking it. No, dear, not many, are you? Because there's another blasted interview in the paper with you today. We're getting a bit bored with it now. And also, you know, it makes you feel sexy. She's had uh, had a tattoo done and everything else. It's it's such a shame you've cheapened yourself. You could have gone the other way and made it really, really, you know, but we've had so many interviews, you know, there's not really much else. I don't know. But perhaps, perhaps you are a celebrity now. Perhaps you are a celebrity. You, you tend to forget there were four other passengers who suffered serious injuries. Unfortunately, we just seem to see you everywhere. You know, and sort of, you know, dressing like this in bra and panties. It's appealing to a certain sort of person. But I would expect you to understand that. Uh, the internet troll who threatened to kill the Jewish MP like Joe Cox. I mean, you can't believe that there's people this stupid. Didn't take long to find him. The torrent of abuse came from John Nimmo. And um, he just wrote vile things. He turned up. I mean, this, this, there's something the matter with these people. They've got screws loose, haven't they? But uh, luckily, you can find them very, very quickly. And so he's... Uh, you know, it's it's just the things that people write to people. I can't believe it. Why would you write something like that to somebody? It's just it's just absolutely appalling. But as I say, you only have to look at the picture of the person. And you suddenly realise. Oh, by the way, if you have a desk job, you know, where you spend most of your time sitting at a desk, you are 60 percent more likely to die early. That's a cheering thought, isn't it? You're supposed to do an hour's exercise every day to beat working nine to five or even longer, I suppose, in some people's cases. But uh, I don't know whether exercise could be just sort of sitting there, you know, stretching your legs or lifting one up or down. Because I, I did do an exercise the other day. I did one, two, three. OK, now, now the other eyelash. One, two, a bit more of a struggle, three. There you go. And that's enough for the next month, as far as I'm concerned. We don't want to push it. There's no point in pushing it. And you're going to get coffee. I mean, I do walk out of it. Admittedly, I make loads of noise when I'm doing it. Oh, God. And I sort of stumble out there. I've got my shoes off because I'm at that age now. I might actually bring in slippers and start wearing slippers with sort of bunnies on the front of them. <laughs> I wonder if people have noticed. Yeah, what are you wearing? And I go, my slippers. Hello? Is that, a, is that an odd thing? Because slippers are comfy, aren't they? You wear slippers, which, no? Still not at work? Maybe inappropriate clothing. Maybe inappropriate clothing. Uh, crooks, cronies and low-rent celebrities. The honours system must be reformed says uh, Stephen Glover, writing in the Daily Mail today. When Jimmy Savile was knighted, his perversions were mostly unknown, but it should have been clear that he was a meticulous, uh, meticulous, shallow publicity seeker for whom the concept of honour was wholly foreign. Huge list of uh, recipients. I mean, it, there's all sorts of people. All sorts of people. Um, you know, when you look at the, uh, you know, the people here, David Sullivan's got one. He owns sex shops. And uh, all sorts of other places. Michelle Moan. And um, just, I mean, are they not... They're a bit outdated, aren't they? I always think they're a little bit outdated, all these things. Because I remember, actually, Fred Goodwin, chief executive, who helped bring down the Royal Bank of Scotland, is a case in point. When he was knighted, it may not have been immediately clear that he was a reckless and foolish man. After the scope of his uh, idiocies became manifest, his knighthood was cancelled. Well, I mean, Philip Green should have his taken away, should he not? I mean, I don't know why they're faffing around with it. Just take it away. But do you think it makes any difference? He was very successful, so it's in his own way, before this. And I just don't understand 
why they've not well they've not taken it away from him really. That's like sort of giving, you know, Professor Sarah Ferguson. She's been appointed visiting professor of philanthropship. It's a made up word, incidentally. Um by the University of Huddersfield. I mean, I mean, if, if this is, you know, professional humour, then, you know, I quite understand. We're all pointing and having a laugh at her. And uh, he has here in front of him, Craig Brown, a copy of her second volume of autobiography. There's nothing like, you know, ringing your own bell loudly, Finding Sarah. It's called Finding Sarah. I mean, it's so pretentious twaddle, really. Published in 2011 and dedicated to Oprah who pulled me out of the darkness. I know, you're, you're trying to stop yourself being sick, I realise. And my dearest Andrew, who holds on to the real Sarah. She's living in a cloud cuckoo land, isn't she? It was her father who used to visit dirty little massage parlours. I mean, really. She was the woman who was toe-sucking, went out with Paddy McNally for years and years. But uh, there, there is a sort of an appetite, you know, uh, here. So she have, uh, you know, works by the author, Reinventing Yourself with the Duchess of York, What I Know Now, Dieting with the Duchess, and Moments. I mean, it's, you know... <laughs> These nuggets in these books of hers are absolute classic. Uh, be open. Make time for quiet reflection and listen to your heart. Face your fears and take charge of your finances. Yeah, right, love, because you did that very well, didn't you, taking charge of your finances. Last but uh, not least comes the decidedly more idiosyncratic free your mind and your bottom will follow. I know. You can't believe it. She's even more daft than we thought she was in the first place. Anyway, the ungainly philanthropist is a word that doesn't previously exist. It was presumably coined by some of the sharpest brains at the University of Huddersfield. They invented it by fusing philanthropist with entrepreneur. Although you could argue entrepist would have been more snappier and more to the point. I don't really actually see it uh, sort of catching on at all. Uh, The Chancellor of Huddersfield University is, of course... Her former husband, Andrew, of course, who we all owe so much to, a debt of gratitude, when he vet up, met up with that uh, Vicky woman on that island years ago and there were naked pictures of Andrew in all the newspapers with the little crown jewels on display. It was said that Kelvin Mackenzie has the only photograph existing of a naked Prince Andrew going under a, a shower. He hung around with all the wrong people and as he moved into adulthood... Things didn't change at all. He uh, hung around with all the wrong people. So, I mean, it doesn't actually... Nobody's remotely interested in dreary old Sarah. Let her stay in America, where she can hang on to the title Duchess of Pork. You know, then she goes... She's got one of those big bags, hasn't she? Which has got a photograph of one of her children on the side of it. It's all a bit tacky. But there again, she always was tacky. Andrew was always tacky. But they've got a £13 million shack in Verbier. Let's hope they go and stay there forever and a day. We don't really want them here, do we? Sir Shifty versus Captain Bob, after the disgraced, disgraced BHS tycoon is compared with Robert Maxwell. How similar are they? And in fact, if you look around, I see that Phil, Phil Green, uh, or Pip, as we call him, has got a £15.5 million private aircraft as well, as indeed did old Bob. Old Bob had a private aircraft. They're a bit more streamlined now. And uh, they've got a lovely picture of uh, Pip and uh, Lady Green. Years have not been kind. And, uh, oh, Bob Maxwell with uh, with Betty. And then they all have, you know, T-shirts. Phil, Phil Green had a big one with Phil Says Relax on it, that kind of thing. You do start worrying, don't you? Coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock this morning. Who are these scarily bright youngsters vying to be named the UK's top brain box? I mean, they're, they're really... I haven't seen the programme, but I'm well aware. I've seen spelling programmes, and uh, they're always quite good. There is a, a boy here called Jonathan... He's grammar school boy and a Mensa member. He's teaching himself Japanese. At 12. 
I mean, how cool or naff is that? The Stephen, an autistic boy inspired by Isaac Newton. Georgia, 10, his oh-so-competitive sister. Safi reads 40 books a month. And Rhea is the next Albert Einstein. More on these smarty pants in a moment on LBC. I'm Steve Allen. It's early breakfast. It's Thursday. Come on, up, 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 up. No good lying in bed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 28th of July. It's LBC. It's Steve Allen with you until 6.30. Then we have a a free podcast for you later on. Details on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. The lone wolf plot to blitz the UK appears on the front page of The Sun. It appears one of their... Uh, reporters once infiltrated, and uh, it's it's a fascinating story. It would be quite easy, though, if somebody wanted to cause mayhem, you just pack a car with explosives, drive it into a busy area, and if you're prepared to blow yourself up, they blow themselves up. It could happen any time, anywhere. Just got to be vigilant and just got to rely on MI6. Uh, the dog nappers, they nicked six pedigree pets, and then they sort of send a message saying, we want £3,000 or you're not getting them back. What sort of people would actually do that? I think we've got a rough idea, haven't we? Uh, £1.8 million. That's what's left in the Savile pot for 78 people that he abused. The rest has gone on lawyers. Two and a half million the lawyers got, so only one winner in that as far as I see. Uh, Walk and live longer. In other words, don't bother going to the gym. As long as you do a bit of walking, it's apparently good for you. I suppose walking backwards and forwards from your desk or walking up and down stairs. I can't be bothered, though. I mean, seriously, I can't be bothered to do... Stairs. I do stairs going out of the building, but coming in, I'm way too tired. I, I sort of have to do the lift. Uh, I'm an insecure control freak, poor little Zayn Malik. I don't know why they're bothering interviewing him. He doesn't seem to be doing anything at the moment at all. Um, he might want to be an actor if the right role came along, but as I pointed out at the beginning of the programme, I think it's fairly unlikely that anybody would risk somebody who has panic attacks. There's too much resting on it in the world of films. Uh, buy them while you can. The only firm making video recorders is going to stop... Well, anybody who's sort of got videos would be actively ensuring that their video machine works perfectly. I do have a double. I bought it from uh, from a catalogue company years ago. I think it was either Freeman's or something like that. Hell of a job trying to buy it. Because I'd seen it in the catalogue. Somebody said, oh, there's one in here. So I phoned them up to order it and she said, oh, you haven't got enough credit. I said, I don't want any credit. She said, well, you, you only have, just supposing it was sort of uh, £120, this thing. She said, you've only got £80 worth of credit. I said, I haven't got any credit at all. I said, I just want to buy it. And apparently that was, that was really complicated. Oh, right, because people buy it on credit. And because I didn't have any credit with them, I couldn't buy the thing. She, did, she couldn't quite grasp the concept of, I'm going to give you a credit card, you send it to me. Really, we went round the houses for ages. I began to think I'd gone balmy. Uh, the folk from Yorkshire have the most true Brit in them. In other words, they're more British than anywhere else in the country. Fake tan can make you look wrinkled. Is it really fake tan? Also smells, doesn't it? Which is not so good. Uh, Professor Fergie, some joke, isn't it, of course, as you can well imagine, for her, for her entrepreneurial skills. What entrepreneurial skills? Just a bit of flogging some sad old tat on American television. I mean, here, we gave up on her years ago. Um, and also... The the Faroe Islands, running red with blood. It's pilot whales they bring in. They say it's not illegal, and yet it appears to be everywhere else. And then they just hack them to pieces. And so the the sea runs red. I mean, it's it's disgusting. But they've been doing it for ages and ages. And each time, each year comes round and they show us the pictures. And each year, I get more more disgusted and more annoyed at what they do there. And they sort of use this meat for the rest of the year. People stand there and watch. Little children. 
watching pilot whales thrashing around in the ocean because they've... they've it's, just, it's too disgusting, honestly. Don't ever go there. Please don't ever go there. I live in Vancouver, says Michael. Well, good for you. And he says, perfect time to enjoy your show, 8 till 10.30pm. Here last evening, just on the news, Wills and Kate are visiting Canada or Vancouver in October. Oh, what for? What for? I mean... I mean, oh dear, more in the podcast. Uh, there is a Prince George town in British Columbia, so that's a definite visit with Prince George. They're praying. Uh, you know, a tourist bonus. Pokemon rampant here. Idiots hit by cars in the pursuit of lunacy. Oh, so it's over there as well. So obviously, I'm so glad I've missed out on this. I mean, I've, I've only just sort of got into dominoes. I don't want to push anything too much. The idea of having something on here, and, uh, and a friend of mine was doing something the other day, because I've got to pay my VAT. Uh, I think at the end of next month or something. And he said, I'll set a reminder up. I said, don't, what, what do you mean set a reminder up? I don't want to get confused by things. I don't like anything too complicated on the phone. As long as it makes phone calls, that's all I need to know. I don't need anything else at all. Yes, I mean, yes, it could teach you to play, I don't want to do learn poker. I don't want to do that. No, seriously, happy families, Mr Bun the Baker, and uh, is about as far as I want to go with anything like that. Apparently... Uh, you can get an under-desk exercise machine. I suppose it would be roughly like a little mini-cycle where you sort of ped... I don't want to do things like that. Honestly, people seem to think that I've got time on my hands to start doing exercise whilst in the studio. My youngest daughter, says Chris in Dubai, is 20, and she's called Willow. It's a beautiful name. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I always think of Willow, tit Willow, tit Willow. Singing willow, tit willow, tit willow. Um, apparently, read the restaurant visited by immigration. Many have voted Brexit because of immigration, but as soon as the Home Office are being proactive to remove illegals, there's a restaurant boycott, says Ian. And um, is your BA friend Warren? Yes, yes. He's a great CSD. I don't know what CSD is. What's CSD? You'll have to tell us what CSD is. I don't know. You're, you're coming up with words now that I don't know. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed for all the people telling me about Pokemon. And uh, and Mick says, a friend saw two police officers walking, staring at their phones for some time, apparently playing Pokemon Go. Is it, is it really this big? I mean, I know I've seen people sort of messing around with it, but, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not really that... Is, is it really that, that big? Is it really that big? People in psychiatric wards see invisible things, says Sue Ann. I know. And uh, Sue Ann says... If I won the lottery, I would, or may, I hire a party boat for all the fans or listeners. We could all go dressed as um, Starship Troopers, couldn't we? Not not too sure. Or Pokemon. Pokemon as well. You'd like that as well, I think, actually. I saw a Pokemon Go hunter arriving in a black taxi in Beckenham High Street, going to WH Smith, holding up his phone and watching the screen. What? It's another world, isn't it? I mean, seriously, I feel like I've wandered into some Alice in Wonderland game. It's all it's all gone a little bit pear-shaped. And uh, Martin says, thank you for making me laugh out loud several times this morning. I hardly noticed the dreadful three wash baskets of ironing I was ploughing my way through. Oh, God, no, I farm it out to people. I don't iron at all. I don't even possess an iron. I really don't. I couldn't be bothered to iron. What do you want to iron for? That's dull. Get somebody else to do it. Uh, Steve, every time I hear somebody like Obama getting hysterical praising Hillary Clinton. I thank God I'm British. They, the Americans love that kind of stuff, don't they? Absolutely adore it. It really is. It's sort of, it's really big for them. They just love the whole rally thing and, and the whoop-de-doo and, you know, and that's why we laughed when poor old Sarah deluded Ferguson, um, dedicated her last book, being Sarah, to, uh, 
to uh, Oprah Winfrey, to Oprah. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, really, and to my dear, dear friend Andrew. Yeah, because you shack up with him, don't you? Actually, it's it's really bizarre. Small wonder the old family's cracked, aren't they? They're not really in the real world. Not really in the real world at all. Uh, what else do we have in the papers for today? Who says, oh, people going on about Pippa Middleton and her dreary wedding next year. They go, it's going to be the society wedding of the year. They're not even in society, are they? She's just the girl who's, whose sister married the future king. But they're, they're, not, they're not in society. They've got a party planning outfit. That's not society. Society is when you go sort of taking afternoon tea at the Savoy or the Ritz or, uh, you know, or any one of a number of beautiful hotels in London. You don't sort of do party plates and stuff like that. That's working class. All this. And his brother is Spencer Matthews, bedded a thousand women and takes steroids. I mean, come on, goodness sake. And they think that the royal family are going to welcome them with open arms. No, they're not. You watch at the wedding. I mean, to be honest with you, you won't get any of the royal family at the wedding. The Queen wouldn't be going. Uh, Prince Philip wouldn't be going, oh, bloody family, go and have a gin with the boys, you know, that'd be all he'll be doing. The Queen would be going, no, we don't do things like that. I mean, I doubt, really, whether Charles would be going either. I can't see any of them. They're not going to give any any credibility to the Middletons just because their their daughter married William. Well, they're, they're going to turn up mob-handed. The Queen's going to be going, canapes, anybody? No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Spencer Matthews will be there, sort of trying to... They, they stuck him on Loose Women the other day. My God, he's dim. Oh, so boring. Such a boring person. But as I say, the royal family don't want him anywhere near. Nowhere near. They've got enough problems inside. It's bad enough with Sarah Ferguson. Bad enough with old Sarah Ferguson. They don't want anybody else, thank you very much indeed. I'm not too sure about the fake tans. I'm not too sure about the fake tans. Make you look wrinkled. It's only, you're only putting on a cream. You know, isn't it? Well, it's something impregnated into a into a sort of little, um, I was going to call it a sponge, but it's not. It's just, a, it's like a wet wipe. And they put it on, you wipe it on. I've, I've done them before. They're called tan towels. There's probably quite a number of them. But fake tan, and then you get spray, and then you get this. They advertise it on all the, on the shopping channels. They go, you can get this stuff, and this, this makes you look this colour glow. And you, oh dear, it's far too tedious. And they say it can make you look wrinkled. Why would that be? I suppose if you're using powder, it would, that would fill in the wrinkles, wouldn't it? I don't quite understand. And people like having tans. People like tanning because they think it makes them look healthy. So when you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you don't feel as though you've died somewhere between climbing into bed and waking up. Because sometimes you look there. You know what people say? They say, oh, it takes about an hour for my face to settle. You know, and I'm, I'm a bit like that. I'm at that age where sort of, you know, first thing in the morning, you're, oh, God, I look awful. And then so after about 10 minutes and two cups of coffee later and the fact you sort of wrung out a very hot sponge and put it over your uh, flannel and put a hot, hot flannel over your face for a few minutes to sort of steam your way into existence. Then you look at yourself and go, hmm, not bad at all. Well, I've never thought that, actually. Never think that <laughs> at all. Uh, also, um, the uh, what was the other one here? Oh, yes. Britain's busiest parents. Uh, baby number 20 on the way. And they've never claimed benefits. They don't do benefits. Isn't that remarkable in this day and age? Anybody else, of course, they'd all be going, oh, well, we want benefits for that. I saw two women the other day, disabled sticker on the car. They got out there, both perfectly able-bodied. I don't know, I'm not quite sure of the, um, um, of the sort of status of having a disabled thing. I thought it was because you couldn't walk very far. Well, these women managed to walk and carry loads of shopping. So quite clearly they weren't disabled. They're obviously using it fraudulently. Yes, uh, it is him from the Cliff Photos. Oh, Cabin Service Director, CSD. Yes, he's been all over the place at the moment. He's Cabin Service Director. Is that good? Is that good? Is that quite high up? I'm always led to believe it is. And um, 
Uh, Ian reckons that Lydia's back in Tower. Sorry, that uh, Gemma Collins is back in Tower. No, I hear not. I hear not. Never to put her back in again. They might have filmed some bits, but uh, I don't think so. No, definitely not. They haven't filmed anything down there. Anything. It's amazing what people come up with. She's been out for uh, ages now. You can't put her on anything. She's got emotional problems. She's not, uh, she's not fit for purpose. Uh, I drive to the gym, says uh, uh, Jim, singing hymns. Oh, right. See, I, I don't have a problem with that. I've got uh, CDs with hymns on. You know, with full orchestra and chorus. I love it. It's amazing what you remember, though, isn't it? It's amazing what you remember from uh, from years and years ago. Oh, J-Lo is 47. That's, uh, they call her J-Lo. It's Jennifer Lopez, isn't it? J-Lo. Oh, I miss it. Hold on a sec. I've got to do the news very quickly. I always miss these things at the quarter past. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is uh, the time. So Jennifer Lopez turns 47 and she had her glitzy knees up for all the stars in uh, Vegas. She had uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And uh, I suppose 47 is the new 30, isn't it? You know, people people sort of go out and they, um, you know, they just sort of party. I mean, she looks good for 47, but there again, so she should. So she should. Uh, brisk exercise can beat uh, the damage of sitting all day. I mean, I actually sit, but I, I, I do get up every every sort of half an hour or so. I don't exactly tramp around the studio, but I, mean, I do. I do sort of get up and move a little bit. I haven't got to that uh, that dreadful stage where I'm not moving at all. Uh, looking at the uh, the weather for today, it's a little bit of showers later on. Nothing too much for you to worry about. So we shall put it to one side and not think about it. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, Kumar says eighty percent who use the blue disabled badges are fake. Yes, I mean, I know it's a huge problem. I know it's a huge... It's been a, been a bugbear of mine for ages, ever since I saw a woman using one. Lucky I was talking to a police uh, friend of mine, policeman, and, um, and she'd, she'd pulled in, and she was using the disabled badge. She ran across the road. And so the policeman, friend of mine, said, excuse me, uh, is this your, your badge? She said, no, it's my mother's. So she said, well, what, the person whose badge it is is supposed to be in the car. And she said, I've left her at the doctor's surgery. She was lying through her teeth. Uh, so there you go. I've got uh, the decorators coming in Monday, says Diane. Uh, so I'm panicking. I've got to stop listening to you on podcast. Really? You sure? Uh, Wrinkly, Wrinkly's good, Steve. Wrinkly is good. Yeah, I mean, I think Wrinkly's... Yeah, OK. <laughs> I think so. Uh, Steve, uh, this text is sent you all the way from Yorkshire. We're at the Royal York Hotel. Lovely place, says Fiona and Tony. Very cultural. People are very nice. We also visited Scarborough. Very British donkey rides on the seafront. I like we like. I always feel a bit sorry in the heat, though. The poor, poor donkeys have got to stand there. I don't really like donkeys just walking up and down on the on the sand. I feel sort of equal rights for donkeys. There's a very famous donkey sanctuary, isn't there, where they sort of look after donkeys who've been abused abroad by people who just they don't they don't treat them as animals at all. In fact, we we actually treat animals so badly nowadays. I'm surprised we don't see more court cases like that stupid woman earlier on. She thought she was going to be evicted because she's a drunk. And so, for some reason, she has an argument. I mean, being a drunk, I suppose, would explain, with her sister. And she cuts the heads off her two snakes. And then the police turn, she puts them in her mouth. I mean, seriously, that's seriously ill. Seriously ill. Awful. Uh, lots of people talking about uh, Prince George. I didn't know they were doing another one of their uh, freebie holidays. Apparently, Harry's going off for the summer to Africa. So that'll be kicking a football around. It doesn't actually involve too much work. Because uh, they don't really know what to do with anybody nowadays, do they? They've got to be seen to be doing something. I'm telling you, when the Queen passes on, hopefully not for many, 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 many years, it's going to change dramatically. I've just got a feeling it really will. I don't know in what way, shape or form. I just think it will. Oh, I found you a nice little Des Res. You're going to like this one. This is this is quite sweet, actually. It's um, it's 14 foot 8 by 9 foot, and it's on Muddiford Spit 
in Christchurch in Dorset. Access by a 30-minute walk, ferry or novelty land train. I like novelty land train. And um, it's, uh, it's a little beach hut. And it's really very, very pretty. It's, got, it's even got a solar panel on the roof. Now, I don't know if you're allowed to stay in it. Because on these beach huts, they always say, you can, you can sit down, you can probably rest. It's got a little kitchen in this one. It's, it's, it's not very exciting inside it. Uh, the price tag also might upset you a little bit. It's £250,000 for a beach hut. Seriously, it's a shack for £250,000. I mean, if you go to Blackpool, 250000 would get you a ten-bedroom hotel. But, I mean, who the hell wants to stay in Blackpool? I'd rather sit in the beach hut than Blackpool. The estate agent, Daniela Dennison, who's selling nine huts at a total of £2 million, says a Muddiford hut is about buying into a lifestyle. You're as balmy bonkers as everybody else around there. What do you mean buying into a lifestyle? It's a hut on the beach, love. You're not buying into a lifestyle. There's no lifestyle. I've looked at the interior of it. I mean, to be honest, if that's the best interior decoration they can get, I'd buy something else. In fact, actually, the hotel in Blackpool sounded quite appealing. It's a lifestyle you're buying into. They do talk rubbish estate agents, don't they? Would suit a DIY enthusiast. It's falling down, OK? That's all you need. I've got a Cortina. Want a Cortina today? Got one for you. Hello, John. Got a new motor. This one is um, a 1500 GT. Nice little earner. Uh, they reckon it'll fetch 28,000. 28,000. It cost around £750 when it was new in 1963. And uh, this one has done 19,000 miles or one mile a day. It's going to be sold uh, by historic auctioneers at Brooklands in Weybridge. Apparently it's the finest remaining 1963 Cortina. I mean, I quite appreciate what it is. I don't think it's worth £28,000. But then it's something's only worth what somebody else would want to give for it. You might find that Cortina fanatics. I mean, what did I want when I was... I remember years and years ago, when I was much younger, quite clearly. It would have been. You don't, don't get old as you go backwards. Some, some people do. Uh, no mentioning of Anthea Turner or uh, Gemma Collins. Um, really, actually, Gemma Collins looked like she's eaten Anthea Turner. So, uh, and I was offered a mini. A friend of mine had a black mini with gold flecks in it. 70 quid he wanted, 70 quid, and I didn't have 70 pounds, didn't have 70 pounds. But my first car was a Ford Popular, three gears in reverse and windscreen wipers on compression. It was So the faster you went, the slower they went. So if you were driving down a motorway, it was a complete nightmare. And that was 100 quid, 100 quid. And it drank oil like there was no tomorrow. I got more free gifts from filling stations than anything else. It was, uh, oh, I love these. I love seeing the, these adverts, which you get in all the papers. Wonderlift 60 second wrinkle reducer. Could bathe in it, couldn't you? Absolutely bathe in it. And guess who makes the most cheese in the world? Who is the most successful cheese producer? Believe it or not, we are. We have 700 varieties of cheese available in this country. We overtake the French by miles. We used to be the poor relation in the world of fromage. That's cheese, OK? A bit of education in this sort of programme. But uh, we have 700 varieties now. And we've got everything. Apparently, uh, Blur's Alex James has won many awards. I think he's phoned uh, O'Brien, hasn't he? A few times. I pretty certainly has. And uh, so there's 700 different varieties. Now, I'm not really a great cheese lover. I, I like, a, you know, a little bit... Um, I, sort of, I just like the normal cheese, like cheddar, cathedral... It's a bit sad, isn't it, really? And Edam. And then somebody said to me, you shouldn't eat Edam. And I said, why should you not eat? They said, because it's really fattening. I said, well, I really like Edam. Edam on a nice crusty roll. 
with some nice butter, because butter apparently is good for you now, and um, and then some, some Branston pickle on top of it. That's me sorted. I'm quite happy, actually. Quite, well, I'm quite happy anyway, because I've got to go in a minute. Uh, the Daily Star, front page. Sam Fox's shock Big Brother secret. The secret is she wants to try and reinvent herself and get herself famous again. So I don't really think that's going to be happening anytime soon, because I think it starts night. Mob rule in the house. They've got some... It's somebody from a, a, a cheap, tacky little American programme. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she's about 95, I think, this poor woman here. And they say she's going to cause a lot of trouble. However, the good news is, for anybody heterosexual who watches uh, Big Brother, and that can't be many, judging by the studio audience they seem to get with Ryland. My God, what a bunch of oddballs. Aren't these people? They, they really must get a life, these people. It's like the people who stand there on the eviction thing with big signs and everything else. Are they out of some home or something? Is there a home for sort of destitute, sad people? That's what it looks like. Uh, the Sun... What's this Victoria's Secret girl really looks like in the morning? Rough, like most of them do. They're just girls who take the tops off. That's all they are. They're nobody, they're nobody special, believe me. They kind of make out like they're sort of budding actresses or something. And this one looks really bad in the morning. The Lone Wolf plot to blitz the UK is their main story. People who've done the Mile High Club. I don't think I need to explain that to you this morning. And uh, the girls of 66, barred from the World Cup party, the first wags tell their amazing story because they weren't wags. They didn't look as, as tarty as they do nowadays. These just look like normal... Ladies, just normal ladies. Uh, also, Bradley Cooper and his girlfriend uh, on a beach with a photographer. So that's how you get the pictures, because otherwise it's all a bit disastrous. The Daily Express, Alzheimer's, new drug can stop disease in its tracks. It's a little bit over-exaggeration. Why we must speed up the EU exit, no stopping booming Britain. Uh, front page of the Daily Mail, the fake tan may give you wrinkles. I suppose it's where you put it, isn't it? 2,000 terror suspects in the UK, but only one is under a curfew. Say the Daily Mail and Chris Everett, menopause made me stray. And uh, there's a picture on the front page of the Times this morning of uh, when in Rome, Theresa May enjoying a lighter moment with her Italian counterpart, which is Matteo Renzi. Uh, Daily Telegraph, very quickly, it's uh, power dressing for all these women. And the father's victory in court case tinged by tragedy. I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning, Friday. Don't forget you can listen to LBC wherever you are. Download the free LBC app. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Next, though, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.